have I got a story for you. Unfulfilled, getting fat, feeling like shit, living through avatars, and having occasional life-threatening benders. Sounds like someone in need of life-changing spiritual awakening. That is exactly what this guest got. Thanks in part to P90X's Extreme Yoga and one trippy-ass trip to Peru. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Hair Products. We here at the Getting to Know You Pod have taken this COVID-19 crisis as an opportunity to grow our groomable hair. When else would we be afforded at least two months of time to explore our wildest, stylish inspirations and aspirations judgment-free? I have personally fallen in love with the slicked back gangster godfather style where not a single hair is out of place for fear of getting whacked. How, you ask? With a 50-50 combo of pomade for the fullness and gel for the hold and sheen. What about for fun, alone at night, right after a shower? <laughs> That's where the hairspray comes into play. I love getting a perfectly straight part right down the middle, flattening every follicle as close to my cranium as can be expected, except for the alpha-looking sprout sticking straight up towards the heavens as high as the eye can see. How does it stay up? Couple little from that spray paint, spray paint, fuck, can you tell I don't actually do this? Hairspray can. Oh no, unexpected Zoom meeting in the morning and the need to look professional and hip arises. What can I do? I haven't showered yet. Grab the closest hat? No. Run to the closest faucet. Wet that baby down and add just a little mousse. Take your naturally beautiful bed head and raise the volume up or level or two, along with the hold. We here at the pod have never had such good-looking, ready-for-radio hair, and it's all thanks to hair products. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. Please friend and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. See the beautiful faces of all the people who have shared and opened up their stories. We've all been cooped up for more than a while now. Isn't it nice that you can explore the world through conversation and getting to know people from all parts of the globe? And please, as you're listening to that upcoming sweet, sweet intro music, wherever it is you pushed play to listen to the pod, subscribe and rate it. It would mean a lot to us. And now, getting to know you. Getting to I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely and doggone it. my cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know our fourth Canadian guest, actually second from Toronto. Um, today we are getting to know Spencer. Thank you so much, Spencer, for taking some time to get to know us, man. My pleasure. Thanks very much for uh, having me. I fucked that all up. I guess it's really for letting us get to know you. You're not getting to know all of us. <laughs> you want to? You want to re-record it? I'm down. <laughs> no, I love I love the humanistic part of just fucking up. And so, like, I try yeah. to multitask and stuff sometimes, and it's just it. 
it, it jacks me up. I get nervous because I've started the pod a couple times and not hit record. And then I'll miss like 10, 15 minutes of like a, a dope ass story about this Southern mom who's uh, got into BMX biking when she was 41. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She laid that shit out for me and it was beautiful candy. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, fuck candy. I forgot. I hit the wrong button. Can you, you know? tell that story again? Yeah, and it just takes all the like originalness from it. Um, oh, yeah. So anyway, that was a long. Uh, that's kind of how my mind works. I just bounce around like that and ramble. Um. <laughs> hey, man, we'll try and we'll try and keep the puzzle somewhat cohesive. Thank you. I, I need it. Um, so how's uh, Toronto treating you, man? Good. I'm actually not that people, your listeners, would know. I'm a little bit outside of Toronto. I'm in another city called Hamilton, which is about an hour out of Toronto. And I'm kind of on the outskirts. I'm tucked away in a little valley, a little small town valley where it's uh, it's quite nice. I'm located close to major cities, Toronto, the border, but I, I feel like I've got my own little slice of hiking trails, biking trails, a little escarpment. Oh, yeah. Dude, That's that's got to be glorious with this corona thing, having that kind of space. Yeah, yeah, I do. But they have uh, signs up everywhere saying, don't go on the trails, don't go on the trails. Oh, for real? Like, where do they for want real? people to go? I, I, that's what I just it's, don't get. And so, I mean, I I go off trail all the time anyway. So I'm like always hiking in the woods, like off the trails already as it is. So it hasn't really affected me. Like I haven't, I've been obviously adhering to social distancing but i'm still i'm still trying to get that vitamin d i'm still trying to get outside i'm still getting my hikes because that is literally the best medicine yeah right so you're um and i we had spoken i guess for a couple minutes before um before today and i was like the whole yogi thing and i was like dude i don't know how to like like i don't know what that entails so when you're talking, to, you know, right? Like, like I didn't know. Like, does that mean you're into yoga? That you like have this philosophy that you go with? I, almost, I think I compared it almost to like religion of like bishop, cardinal, priest, brother, kind of a thing. Um, so is the medicine a huge part, or like naturalness? Is that a huge part that goes with the yogi thing, or are they kind of just separate and happen to be um, coincide? Uh, what, what do you mean by medicine? Well, so like, like some nature. people. Yeah. Right. Like, well, believing in it, believing like, oh my God, fresh air and natural sunlight is better than me taking, um, a men's supplement. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I think all the best hacks to bring, uh, more joy, a healthy life, they're all free. (laughs) All, 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 All the best ones are free. Um, people forget about them. You go outside, you walk, you get some sun, you do your exercising your yoga, you, you read a book, you meditate, all that shit's well, unless you have to buy the book. But in this day and age... Dude, fucking Kindle's got hella classics for free, man. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so if you want to get into the topic of yoga, I hope you got a little bit of time here, Sean. Oh, dude, I got as much... I mean, the pod's been going between two to three hours, man, to be honest with you. It's a it's a conversation, dude. Don't think of time. Think of um, all right. expressing no, yourself. So, but first off, I like to ask you what you when you hear yoga. What what is your what is your impression? Like, what do you? I'll tell you what I didn't fucking expect was to watch you on the side of a road jogging with like a GoPro, beard, burly chested, cursing. I was like, this dude's got some intensity for a yogi. (laughs) 
hell is it might have been one of your like stories or whatever but i was like fuck man that's like so i think of like passive i would have thought of you i, I don't know not not like running on flower petals but having a softer voice you know and and not that it's like not i don't know i don't know what to think i guess i would if i had to say it like yoga is more of that like calmness there's a steadiness there's a there's an ease to not upset but to be present in the moment kind of a thing um which might be super stereotypical no it 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 would probably be right on but <laughs> at, the end, at, the, at the end of the day we're all human beings and we all we all have our 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 triggers and our emotions and i think what yoga does and I'll, I'll explain it is what yoga does is it teaches us ways to how we can respond and to react to our emotions and any obstacles that come up in our path because at, at the end of the day the only the only fucking thing we control is our reaction and our response right. to things that happen to us and through the practice of yoga which i'll i'll, I'll explain uh you can absolutely enhance all aspects of your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. And I can, I'll hop into that in a bit, but I just wanted to touch mostly on my impression of what most people think yoga is and the most people I, I come across. They just think it's glorified stretching or women with Lululemon pants on their butts and yeah, or dog. I guess yeah, right. So yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the popularized <laughs> one, and then it's like the one um, the the whoever the yoga teacher is just trying to sleep with everyone's wife while they go take their classes <laughs> during the day, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like you're like I just don't trust that flexible motherfucker with all that stamina and controlled <laughs> breathing. <laughs> you're not going to that class anymore. <laughs> Well, one thing yoga does, if you are a consistent practitioner, it does increase libido and performance capabilities. Dude, I like, and dude, I had no fucking doubt. But if you just think of a basic blood flow, heart rate, stay in the moment, control kind of a thing, like that's real yoga. Like, honestly, like for, I think like most people when they stretch, forget to actually breathe. And that, and that's why it's like uncomfortable Absolutely. for them to stay there. And then they, um, severely underrate just basic body control and contortion as far as it relates to strength. Absolutely. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I'd agree the, with the that. Most, the most important part when I say my classes, I say the most important part of your class today is your breath. <laughs> so if you notice yourself holding your breath at any moment, you got to back off of that position and flow with the breath. Yeah. And you let it go and then you actually stretch further. You wind up having whatever less air in certain parts of your body. And it just increased to me. It like when I notice that it'll increase my um, flexibility. Absolutely. Right. And when people will say to me, they're like, well, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. And then I say, why in the fuck do you think we all do it? Because neither <laughs> are we. We have to practice it. Like I never, I never was born with this flexibility. Right. I didn't take, I didn't take yoga up until I was 30. Shut up, dude. That late? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I did not expect so, that. I expect you to have like two hippie parents and like from the womb, <laughs> <laughs> meditating and dancing, man. You know? 
<laughs> oh, Sean, I have a story for you in a bit. But back on to uh, yoga. So, again, most people think of it as a glorified stretching or, or some sort of a movement practice. Right. Which, yeah, there's a, there's a movement aspect to it, which is called the asana practice. And that is one limb of the eight limbs of yoga. So not to overwhelm anyone listening, but there's, there's eight limbs in yoga and it's uh, kind of an eightfold path to, I don't want to necessarily say enlightenment, but uh, I would say for attaining whatever everyone wants, yeah. inner peace and happy, happiness, joy. So, so and that's it's, something that's, and I'm sorry, one thing that does suck about this man is when I interject and I feel like I see this every pod, it's so hard to read like the body language of how to like, um, on top of the internet lag, how to like um, interrupt without interrupting. So I'm sorry that I cut you off, but what I'm yeah, wondering, yeah, no worries. What, cause that's, that's something I hadn't like thought of before the whole enlightenment, almost like a religious aspect, huh? Yeah. I don't like that word, but yeah, I, I would, I would concur that there is, there is a system in place that you, you can choose to follow. You, you don't, to be honest, there's, you don't have to, believe in anything to follow this eightfold path right i mean at the end of the day it would probably be helpful if you did kind of believe in some kind of uh intelligent creator being that of sorts that might because gotcha. I'll, I'll 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 give you the eight limbs in a nutshell so so limb number one is called the yamas the yamas is uh five principles which i'll break them down but i won't yeah but so i'll just it's five principles of how to live your life almost outward towards inward and and then so the second limb is similar it's called the niyamas and it's more about living your life inward to outward and i'll break that down in a minute too uh the third is the asana the third limb is the, the movement, the downward dog, the one that everyone knows, the glorified stretching or whatever. Uh, the fourth limb would be meditation, or sorry, uh, breath work. It's called pranayama. Uh, fifth is uh, meditation. And, uh, like I'm, it's more evolved than that, but meditation, the sixth, uh, where are we at here? Four, five, six. Oh my gosh, I'm stuck here. It's hard when you get put on the spot. Um, I'd, So right? the, the breathing, so met, breathing is supposed to lead to the ability to meditate, right? Because meditation is more like staying present, not let having control of your mind. And by focusing on the breathing, it helps you to meditate. Am I thinking right on that? Yeah, well, the the, the the breathing and the meditation, the thing is it kind of, if you focus, one of the ways to meditate is uh, concentration. So by just focusing on your inhales and your exhales, it kind of shuts your other mind off. Gotcha, yeah, right. Every, every time, well, it won't shut it off because you will notice your brain wandering to and thought. But as soon as you've caught yourself wandering, you just go, oh, back to the breath. I'm inhaling and exhaling. So, so yeah, uh, the last four limbs of yoga um, after breathing is like medita- meditation, concentration, withdrawal of senses. So you want to just oh wow, I don't, I, dude, I, I, have, I struggle even trying to get there. I mean, we're, we live our whole life 
basing every all of our thoughts and experiences on our senses and to to step away and try and just be without any of them is it's challenging to say the least. Some, and some then might the final, call it death. The final yeah. limb would be just it's called sanity, which is just kind of like surrender. You're like enlightened being of sorts where we, I think we've all had moments of, you know, you've scored the game winning goal. You've accomplished something that you had a huge goal and you put a lot of work in. You've accomplished it. We all get these moments of oneness. And I mean, even if you're on a, a medicine ceremonial, medicine plant journey, you, you, you can notice that you'll get the, that feeling of, I call it of a oneness, of a wholeness, of how everything's connected and every, everything's fine. Almost, it's just like it's a it's a feeling that we all want to get at, but it's fleeting. Yeah. So, like during a yoga, and and when I sound ignorant as hell, feel free to laugh all good. and no. mock me, because um, <laughs> I won't be bothered. So, yeah, yeah. If you go to a yoga class, are you trying to get through? Like ultimately, are you trying to hit eight limbs every class, every time? Absolutely you... not. Absolutely okay. not. Most times when you go to the when most times when you go to a yoga class, you're just going there for the, the asana practice, the third limb. If you ever want to learn about the other aspects of yoga, you you would have to externally research that. I mean, some studios I'm sure offer insight into the other limbs of yoga, but they're mostly just uh promoting the physical aspect of it huh. where where if you read um Pantajali's uh gosh I have a copy of it here it's one of the oldest books it's based on the on the gosh brain fart anyways long story short um the majority of yoga is done in the mind <laughs> and okay. by that by that i mean it's 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 by as i will go bring it back to it, learning how to better respond and react to situations and emotions that come up to you so let me give an example let me bring it back to the first bit of the yamas so the yamas is is five, there's five of them, and they're uh, they're I almost want to call them tenants or rules or something like that. They're guides, guidelines to help you live a better life. So the first one is called ahimsa, and that's in Sanskrit, and it literally translates to nonviolence or compassion and kindness. Okay. Now, which is why everyone has that first stereotype. <laughs> exactly. Now, nonviolence may seem simple, like don't go around punching people. Um, you know, all that, all that stuff seems pretty straightforward. But we don't look at the violence we cause ourselves by the the words that we speak to ourselves. Um, the thoughts that we we speak. Uh, the, there's quite a lot of ways that we uh, violence, almost like aggression and negativity. Exactly. So okay. yeah, 
our, our inability to love and accept like all the pieces of ourselves. Like we all have parts that we don't like and our inability to love and accept all that can create like ripples and tiny acts of violence that have huge and lasting impacts on ourselves and others around us. And so at the end of the day, the way we speak to ourselves become the, becomes the way we speak to others and they're in the reality we side in. Oh, wow. And so, and so with this, and so when you keep a hisma or nonviolence in mind, can you catch yourself, the quicker you can catch yourself when a self-defeating thought comes to mind, and then you ask yourself this question, like you're saying something in your head, like say, ask yourself, like, would you say this to a child or your best <laughs> friend or, or anyone for that matter? Right. And then you, you realize you're saying this stuff to yourself that you would never say to anyone else. And that is the first part of the compassion and the nonviolence directed inward towards yourself. So that is like the first limb, or sorry, the first yama, the first tenet of the of the yamas, and it's pretty straightforward, nonviolence, right? Yes, it's pretty hip. It's pretty hippy, but you, you can break it down into a whole. Yeah, well, I, now it's almost being branded as like positive self talk, right? Like belief in yourself, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not necessarily a too much of a fan of trying to brainwash yourself through just saying that like um, <laughs> oh i'm in a bad mood but i'm, I'm good i call one of the people and i'm like how's everything and they're just like oh it's glorious everything's awesome and i know that i'm like man i don't think so i uh, you're just trying to fool yourself oh uh i just you just notice they're always saying that same thing like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great and awesome the universe is a blessing we're it's just, I don't know. I, I'm human, and I can I can find myself getting angry, and I acknowledge it, and I don't I don't uh, sit with it for too long. Okay, so then that would be a little bit of a difference. That you're not dwelling in it. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, it took me a long time to learn not to dwell. Uh, dwell, dwell, dwell. So let's just hop on to the second one now, uh, which the second one is called Satya or Truth, which, you know, be truth. Like, tell the truth. It's pretty straightforward, right? But uh, we, we're humans. We all lie. All of us. <laughs> um, now, when you, when you catch yourself lying to yourself a lot, you'll notice that you're lying a hell of a lot more in all the relationships you have. Uh. So the, my recommendation is the best way to stop the lying is you got to stop lying to yourself. And, and that's hard because it's very, not only do we lie to ourselves, we, we make up reasons and excuses to justify those lies. Like our thoughts, emotions, our moods are like extremely interchangeable. Right. Yeah. These are the things that create like our own truth and our whole life experience. So like when we lie to ourselves about our personal lives or our careers or our finances or our health or our relationships or even our thoughts, what we're doing is we're just perpetuating that cycle and we take it out into the, the inter interacting with regular folks. And those lies just become so much more easier to tell because we've already been telling it to ourselves. 
Yeah, it's almost like you've just been practicing your story for when you get interrogated by the cops. <laughs> exactly. And an example I have from when I was younger, uh, I, uh, God, I used to lie all the fucking time. And um, <laughs> I remember uh, I got beat up once one night in front of a bar. And uh, I just got beat up pretty bad. Long story short, I got home. People asked me what happened. And the next day, I, I, I wanted to embellish the story to make it sound like, ooh, I'm a tough guy. So I had said, because it looked like I had gotten a cut in the neck or something or stabbed in the neck. So I, I told people, hey, I got stabbed in the neck. You know, <laughs> I, I, I embellished the story. Like, I got the shit kicked out of me, but now I got stabbed in the neck. I'm a badass. Right. Survived and I, it. And I, so I perpetuate. Put my own so, stitches in, too. <laughs> exactly right i perpetuated that lie just to to balloon my ego up which no no one knew that i was lying like no one unless they were at the at the thing where it happened which i never told the story to anyone who was there but again long story short what that's doing to me internally is it's justifying all the lies i'm telling and it's making it it's, it's a very slippery ugly slope where you start to not like yourself and you start to not respect yourself and then when that and then when that happens when you don't like and you don't respect yourself that's that's a recipe for disaster you're you're going to become a nihilistic uncaring like emotionally cold yeah you know it's just (laughs) it's not a good path yeah no doubt so when you start being truthful with yourself, which is the hardest part, but as soon as you're able to start being truthful with yourself, being truthful with other people just becomes so much more easier. Like, uh, it's just being open and not hiding behind all the masks or playing all those manipulative, manipulative games that we play with others. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean we should go around just, saying like everything that's on our mind like oh that person's wearing an ugly dress and go up to them and be like oh your (laughs) dress is horrible like we have to we have to keep what's the intention behind those words in mind yeah and then by telling someone their dress is horrible you're you're breaking that first tenant by in in a sense non-violence yeah right yeah because it's an assault it's an attack for sure yeah and one of the quotes that really sticks with me for truthfulness, uh, it's by this guy named uh, Ravi Ravindra. I don't know, he's a yogi of sorts. But the first requirement of self-knowledge is sincerity. And as we begin to see the various ways we lie, we can understand the need for practicing truthfulness. So it's it's all about being present with your speech and and it's tough because our thoughts and our emotions and our moods are extremely interchangeable yeah i've yeah, always these are, sorry man I, I was just thinking like i've always wondered why it seems like that's that's the hard part of being a human is like what humans tend to have this like negative destructive internal tendency more so than this like positive nurturing tendency it's odd to me and maybe i'm thinking well, about that wrong i think i think we have we're, we're both it's the yin and the yang right we're capable of 
the most darkest dark and we're capable of the lightest light. It's it's like I love that saying of uh, this this old I don't know what it is it's an old story of sorts but this old man this boy is talking to this old man and this boy says I have two wolves inside of me one is one is a, a fear and one is of uh, like love or whatever I'm, I'm butchering the. The, the ancient, the ancient proverb. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, because <laughs> it's so beautiful. Why, why, why am I doing this to it? <laughs> Essentially, what, he, what, what the kids ask me is like, I got two wolves inside of me, and one of them's angry and bitter and resentful, and the other one's loving, nurturing, and caring. Right. And and he's like, well, which one will come out? And and the, and the grandfather just says, whichever one you feed. So it's, it's whatever you feed yourself, right? Yeah. And it's funny too. Well, and like you wonder from an evolutionary standpoint, if you go with like having to survive, you probably want to err on the side of negative and aggressive versus when you know you're surviving, you can then almost go to the, um, just being considerate and compassionate. Absolutely. Right. Like we we're in a society where there's, for the most part, at least where at least where we live, we're not we're taken care of. We're going to survive. Yeah, there's very little sleep. reason to be a complete dick just to be a dick. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's so, right on. What were the other three in a nutshell? Okay, just in a so nutshell, we can okay. yeah put that together. So the third one is astea, which translates to non-stealing. No. Oh. I mean that's pretty that's in like what is that in one of like the Moses Bible things like yeah thou shalt shalt not steal and that's that's like you know it's pretty straightforward right yeah but I'm gonna break it down to another level like like not not taking that unlike unlocked bike might seem like a sensible choice I'm not gonna steal that bike Hmm. that that's normal most of us won't do that but non-stealing can go like even deeper and on that level, we, we have to contemplate hoarding hoarding items that are unnecessary, like especially uh, during whatever the fuck's going on yeah, now. Right? Talk about timely. Jesus, we need more yogis <laughs> in fucking everything. <laughs> so if we can comp- contemplate our, our, what we're hoarding that are unnecessary, or we start to use more resources than are necessary. Excuse me, unnecessary. Uh, like example, like letting the faucet run while you're brushing your teeth. Right. But we can even go deeper than that. Like consider the act of stealing time. Uh, like time is something that, uh, although it's standard, it reflects reflects loosely to different people. Right. Some people are typically early. Some people are typically late. A little further beyond that, we can see how managing our own time affects other people and how mismanaging how mismanaging it is essentially stealing from others. Like when, if we're going to be late for something, we're stealing from that other person. Right. Granted, we're all, sometimes we're late, but we yeah. all know those people who are habitually late all the time. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it, it's a basic respect thing, but that's, I had no idea that that was an actual tenant of yoga. Huh. Yeah. It's called the stay. just non-stealing, just, and and in my younger days, I used to steal. I used to steal quite a lot. 
Um, like I was, you know, shoplift from the store, get some candy. Oh, some money here. Like I was, I didn't ever think. I just thought mm, everything's everyone's for themselves. You got to steal when we can. Right. Now I can't even like I can't even contemplate stealing. Like it just doesn't even come into my radar. I don't know if it's like a karmic thing. I can't really pinpoint the day where I was like, oh, I'm done stealing. The day of the night. It's just kind of kind of happened. Well, I'm sure grocery stores with the new self-checkout stuff will be happy to hear there are people like you out there. Not lying, yeah, right? not lying about how many potatoes are in the bag, you know, or like pretending to have scanned something and you're like, oh, it doesn't weigh that much. I can just throw that bitch in there. <laughs> exactly. And then this, this, it, I think it comes back, it bounced back to being how true you are to yourself. If I'm stealing stuff, I know I'm not being truthful and I know what I'm, what I'm doing. Like, I, it's like, it's fucked, right? <laughs> I don't mean because like, before every man for themselves type deal and I got to take it. No one knows, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, you know, you know what you've done. You know, you took that 20 bucks from the till that you shouldn't have taken just because no one ever noticed it and didn't get caught. That energy exchange still happened. And I, I, I can't fool myself. So I don't know, maybe I'm naive, but I just don't steal. No, I, I think if, if, if you believe in, the energy. And if you believe in these tenants, it would be hard to do it consciously because you are, you're then lying to yourself. And then it also goes back to what you were saying about, um, it wasn't exactly reputation, but like it, would you tell that to a child? Like, would you say to a kid, Hey man, it's cool to steal that if no one's looking. Right. Right. You you don't want to impart that kind of wisdom, um, on people. Exactly. So, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, non-stealing, but in my experience and my experience doing it myself and from what I've witnessed and, and seen in the fucking world, a lot of people steal. Yeah. Especially if you take <laughs> it past the material part of it. If you steal time, if you steal attention, if you steal knowledge oh. and the hoarding is a great thing to um, combine with that because if you hoard it, then you're limiting other people who might actually need it. Absolutely. You, you can look at the world and it looks like it's just full of thieves, right? All the way to the top, even the, the top upper echelon is just full of thieves. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, even and, you could go to knowledge on that where they just hold some knowledge or they act on knowledge without passing it along. Um, let me get last two just to wrap it up. Cause I did not okay. expect a 30 minute yoga breakdown on the getting to know you pod. <laughs> and it's a good, like, it's a good, um, I've never heard of the eight limbs. I've never heard of the five tenants. So it's good to know. But I would also, you've mentioned bar fights and like hella stealing already. So I'm wicked interested in this past <laughs> life. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So uh, the, the, four, the fourth yama is called brahmacharya, which uh, translates to non-excess, which uh, I mean, I think we all kind of know that proverb, everything in moderation, including moderation. Yeah. And I like Neil Peart's one where he says everything in moderation with occasional excess, huh. which, you know, like we all, I find right now, especially during uh, lockdown and quarantine, we have a lot of time where it's very easy to be very excessive with the Netflix and the drinking oh, and yeah. the sex. And I mean, and which is fine and all, but eventually like I, I could catch myself some days going, I don't like, I've had too much like 
access here. Like, like I, I can't even enjoy it. It's like you eat a Big Mac and it's delicious, and then your second Big Mac isn't so bad. Yeah. The third and your fourth, and then when you're on your sixth and seventh Big Mac, the law of diminishing returns has completely kicked in, and it's disgusting. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know, man. Dude, I've been fucking driving by. Like, I'm pretty big on eating like decent food, and I, I'm fortunate enough to get to a point in my life where I'm like, if I'm eating out for lunch, I like I don't have a ten dollar cap to my budget. I'm not trying to get a fucking value meal. I'm trying to get like fresh. And I'm amazed at those fucking McDonald lines, dude, at the drive-through with quarantine. Those bitches will sit oh, there man. for a half a fucking hour, man, and they're waiting on those like fake chicken nuggets and those terrible for you fries and the fucking sodas that your body can't break down. And I'm like, what a fucking toxic combination. On top of it, you're sitting in a car for 40 minutes waiting on it, and you got no blood put flow your, going. Put your mask on too. <laughs> like, right? I'm just like, Jesus, what a fucking why? Why are you doing this to yourself? I've, I've never. I, yeah, so the ex- excess thing um, is a huge, yeah. and it's funny. It's, like, I wonder how cultural it is because I feel like America is all about excess, like just all oh, about having right? fucking more. But you'll start to realize the, the, the more you can limit it, right? Like now, I have a Big Mac maybe twice a year, and think about how good that Big Mac tastes. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah, because right? yeah, because. It's Everything's rare. fine in moderation. Like having that Big Mac's fine, but when you're going there once, twice, three times a week, every fucking day, yeah, dude, it's that's it's, not that's not food. Definitely not food. As science and videos will tell you, that that fucking mold doesn't even grow on them bitches in fucking years. <laughs> like, like, it's oh, it's I don't know what they do to it, but it ain't right. Absolutely, brother. I, so the last the last one on the, of the yamas is. Uh, like a non-attachment, non-possessive, which ah. that, that, that's a challenging one because we're, we, we all are attached to our kids or whatever we have. Though you uh, honestly have talk- nothing, right? Cause you have no control over just about everything. Right. Exactly. My girlfriend has a hard time with me sometimes cause she says to me that I'm detached and I'm like, I'm not detached. I'm like, I'm, I just realized that everything's impermanent and like, I, I don't want to get upset about like, natural things in life. Like, right. I don't know. It stems back to, uh, when my, oh, we'll get into it. I'm sure you asked my father died when I was really young. So I think I have some weird type of, um, I don't want to say abandonment, but like people leaving me issues where I can kind of just shut it off. Cause it's just a normal part of life. Yeah. What age? I was eight. Oh yeah, dude. That's talk. You're in that fucking concrete operational stage of like the sun always comes up and my dad will always be there. And like, the, yeah. th- those are just basic principles of any kid who's around a parent. And all of a sudden, man, that, that goes, God. Yeah. That's an awakening. Exactly. That's an awakening. Absolutely. I'll touch on that in a second. I just want to finish off this one here. So I guess. Now be careful because your, girl, your girlfriend might be listening. Okay. Uh, only if I give her the link. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to touch on like the non-attachment part, like there's this uh, there's this yogic text called the Bhagavad Gita, and it's this it's basically a, a story on the battlefield. These two guys are about to go to war, and they're they're having they're talking to each other back and forth. And Krishna, who's one of the guys, he shares uh, one of his teachings to to, to the other gentleman. 
And it says this, it says, let your concern be with action alone, never with the fruits of action. Don't let the results of your action be your motive and do not be attached to inaction. So what he's essentially saying here is that we should never concern ourselves with the outcome of a situation. We should only concern ourselves with what we are actually doing right now as we work towards that outcome. Oh yeah, dude. Well, I mean, that just builds on everything because if you get what you want by deceiving, stealing, lying, and aggression, you're violating everything if you're putting the means or wait, if you're putting the ends above the means. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, how we, we all set a goal and we all have a expectation of where, what we want that goal to be. But when we start to focus too much on that end result, yeah, that's, that's when it gets wonky. One of my older teachers said to me, said that uh, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> So my favorite is happiness is a function of expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all you got to do is get those expectations rolling. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's such a big thing because it also goes to like almost if you define your self-worth by the result and then imagine if you believe in something and the results don't come out how you think they should your whole belief system could be fucking shattered and now your identity is shattered on top of it because it's all about the result and that that it it leads to unhappiness and not being content and you can control your activities and actions so that can lead to contentment of feeling like okay i did this the right way results be damned or whatever absolutely man no yeah wow yeah those are some real real simple basic truths to just kind of ground you if your mind's going places or, or you're wanting to do things just thinking back to five basic aggression truth non-stealing access and attachment being like you know i don't know just easy shit to make life easier to live by <laughs> now if you let I'll, i think it's got a quick time i'll break it down in less than 10 minutes for me to break down the niyamas, which is the second limb, and these these five tenets, I find right now is something that anyone in, if I've been teaching the gentleman I've uh, in my yoga class uh, how this second limb, these niyamas, can help everyone during coronavirus right now, and this is all things that we can all do. So I'll, I'll break it down briefly. So the niyamas are well, we were just working on the on the yamas, which is more of a things outward moving inward this is stuff you more or less take inward and move outward into your life so the first one is just purity or cleanliness um (laughs) yeah i'd say that affects corona for sure (laughs) right now now, let me be clear on this cleanliness part like keeping yourself clean washing yourself that's pretty straightforward but you got to bring it into your mind part so the purity and cleanliness can be applied to all of our thoughts, our words, our environments, and our bodies. Because we're constantly polluting our minds with the endless scrolling foods that we, the, the McDonald's thing, foods that we know that we're eating that, that, that we consume do way more harm. And not only that, how is your room? Like, uh, how is your environment around you? Is it all messy? Stuff like that. Right. So it's purity and cleanliness. It's being pure with ourselves, not being not being afraid to look at our thoughts or our feelings, because we don't have anything to hide from ourselves because we're truthful to ourselves. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
So jumping on quickly onto the second one is you actually touch base with uh, contentment. Oh, huge. Where are, you, where are you finding your contentment? Because our ego is in a constant state of discontent. It always feels as though there's something missing or that we could be doing better. Right. We fill our, we fill our minds with ifs and whens and are never truly happy. Because looking outward for fulfillment will always disappoint us and keep us keep that contentment one step out of reach. Right. So, I mean, you bring that back to gratitude. Uh, I'm, I'm a strong believer in a gratitude practice, whether you write it down daily or you just do it in the mind for five minutes. Because an attitude of gratitude is like a superpower, keeps us grounded. You can't be fearful and afraid and grateful at the same time. So I guess cultivate contentment. Now the third one of the niyamas is tapas, which is self-discipline. Now, Sean, we were talking about this earlier. Now during quarantine, how are you going to self-discipline? Wake your bitch ass up and do some burpees. Get it going. <laughs> <laughs> right? But how, how, now, the, the thinking brain knows that's the good thing to do, but the emotional brain, you're going to have to get that thinking brain on board with the, the feeling brain because it's going to be like, fuck those burpees. Yeah. They're uncomfortable. No doubt. Yeah, this bed is hella nice though. Let me just stay here. <laughs> Absolutely, right? So essentially, self-discipline just means cultivating your self-discipline, your passion, your courage. Mentally, physically, because the, the more you break down those mental barriers, it's like what David Goggins says, you're, you're callousing your mind, right? So uh, the fourth one is uh, Svatyaha, which is just translates to self-study. Self-study can mean like you're reading scripture, self-help books, you're, you're paying more cl- closer attention to your journaling. Uh, you're trying to get it into you're working on trying to get an intellectual 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 thank you grasp of the science around the spiritual text or whatever yeah cuz i mean there's definitely universal truths and the more you explore and read and just think on it you would believe that like almost just by thinking you're going to discover right you're it's a, like nature or your body or whatever the spirit is is either going to open itself up to you or you that are meant to find it will then discover it because you're spending time trying to. Exactly. Right. Like for, for, for many of us over here, like devotion is not enough. Like we're, we're we're pretty skeptical. We need some empirical evidence some science or, or something. No doubt. We can't just blindly go, Oh, well my mom told me that and her mom told her that. So it's gotta be true. Right. So, uh, so I, I get at the end of the day, it's just self-study is just, I, I like to aching it to just self-improvement. Like how are you betting yourself? Like make yourself a little bit better today than you were yesterday. And then the final one what wraps it all up is just called surrender, which is something that we're all having to do right now. It's just kind of surrender to what's happening. We may not agree with it. There may be a bunch of reasons that you think it's bullshit. You may think it's a big hoax, Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You have to surrender to that. And once you're able to do that, you can kind of just get on with working on the shit you can control. Right. Yeah, because then you're not – it's almost like you're not 
bitching about it, you're almost like problem solving. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's um, surrender. Yeah, I was thinking of it almost exactly like that. Just the acceptance. Like, can we just fucking move on from what's going on? And can we move forward to what it is we think we should be doing? Exactly, right? Yeah. It's all it's all about controlling what the fuck you can control and what you can't. Yeah, that's definitely into the out, although you wouldn't want corona to get from your out to your in. Um, but you towards corona, those five things, um, five limbs, would definitely be something that could help uh, people to just – deal with i think the anxiety of unknown or even the fear of this virus i completely agree man um i find practicing those yamas and then yamas is something that i do every few months like and not only that like i run a uh what do you how do you do a how do you do a yama every few months what does that mean oh okay so yeah i probably should have given you an example so let's go back to um where was I? Okay. So how I would do one, would, let's go with the first one, the nonviolence or compassion. So then I would ask myself these questions. I would say, what role does nonviolence currently play in my life? Okay, I got you. And then I would say, and then how do I practice it? And then I'd ask another question. How can I practice more of it? And what specific area or situation in my life can I apply this? So you're almost just taking like a personal inventory of where you stand and you're just constantly reminding yourself of your strengths and your weaknesses within these uh, 10 limbs. Absolutely. You couldn't have said it better, man. I couldn't have said it better. Um, Essentially, it's just taking a self-inventory. I mean, if I had taken a self-inventory... 15 years ago <laughs> right. like, it's, it's night and day man it's fucking night and day yeah all right well i'm done with the education no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but that that exactly takes dude so clearly man like it there, there's a contrast here and that's dude that was like a 45 minute s- simple deep dive should we call it a shallow dive yeah into yo- like shallow a shallow dive, dive right yeah. like a skimming but it's great to understand all these things to connect to how the fuck did you get here, dude? <laughs> From right. Bar, right. Like how did you get to this spot where you can kind of have all this stuff going on in your head and your oh, heart? Oh man. It's been a journey. Uh, fuck, I got to pee, Sean. Is that cool? Can you edit this out? Uh, I'm going to leave. I got to pee in there just to make fun of you, but then I'll edit out the silence. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll be right back. Buddy. All right, man. So, okay, cool. Yeah, man. Take me to your discovery of fuck. Yeah. I'm going to be a Yogi. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it's, it starts, it's a whole more, it's a, it's a lifestyle change. It's just, it's not, um, well, how'd you come across it? Did you like read a book? Did you were like, I'm not being a smart ass. Like, was it in counseling or something? Was it, um, no, I'll tell you. Okay, so uh, I lived most of my twenties. I'd say I lived most of my life up until I was about thirty. Um, what I would call—I uh, hate using the term "asleep," but like you know, just kind of chasing life's pleasures, like eating what I wanted, drinking what I wanted, not really planning for any. I was kind of just, the, uh, for lack of a better word, a loser. Um, or could you say like pleasure seeker? 
Ple- thank you. That'd be better. Yeah. yeah I, I was a I mean, more I was more of a pleasure seeker in life where I was just trying to uh, satisfy those those impulses and those needs. And, and so I would have been about 29, I think I can remember. Uh, do you know the game FIFA, like that uh, uh, soccer game on PlayStation or whatever? Yeah. So I used to be big into video games. So I was about, I'm, I'm pretty big guy. I'm about six foot two, six foot three. Um, but I was, I was weighing in at around 240 pounds, which is, it's overweight, but it's, I'm not obese, but I'm fairly big. Right. Uh, and I'm sitting there, I'm playing FIFA and I, I'm real good at it. I'm, uh, I, on this one iteration, I remember making, like, I was top 10 in, the, in Canada. Like, I was like, so proud of him. I was like, oh, I'm so good at FIFA. Wait, like online tournaments and shit? Online. So I haven't gotten to the yeah. online aspect. Of my, I won't pay the money, to be honest with you. I still game a little bit, but I'm like, man, once PlayStation took away the freeness, I was like, oh, fuck that. I'm out. <laughs> I hear you, man. So, but it was... so it was like you were like in entering tournaments to be a FIFA e- eSport player. Well, I wasn't that far. It was, it was just um... – I wasn't trying to compete on a, on a level. I was just for bragging rights. I Got just, you. I just, I played a lot of video games. And then there was also this game at that time called The Sims. I don't know if anyone's aware of that game. It's this game where you take a, a control of an avatar, of a human avatar, and you have him go around and upgrade his character. Like essentially he's learning piano or learning another language or working out or making friends, networking, getting promoted. Essentially, it's, it's silly as fuck because you're spending so much time on... <laughs> I didn't uh, want to say it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And so, Sean, I'm sitting there and I'm playing this game and, and I have this epiphany. I'm like, I'm like, what in the fuck am I doing? Right. And I'm sitting there and I put down the controller and I'm like, what honestly are you fucking doing? Like I had spent 20 hours or so in this game character. He could speak another language. He could play piano. He was able to, he was fit as fuck. He had a great network of friends and successful. Like I look at this character and and I look at my life and I'm like, if I put a fraction (laughs) of the amount of time I'm putting into this fucking computer character, right? I might be able to, live life for real and so i was like i was like and why am i playing fifa on the computer when i can go out into the fucking field and play soccer and so i, I said this to myself and i questioned myself i looked at myself i'm completely out of shape like smoking cigarettes drinking oh. fucking five beers a night like just you know i wouldn't say i was completely gross but i wasn't at all healthy yeah, right. For oh, and, for sure. And I'm, and I'm like, how? how I want to play soccer. I want to get my life. I kind of want to get my life back. How? How in the fuck am I going to do this? And I'm like, well, it's not going to start here by playing video games. So let's turn off the video games. And what's the one thing you can do right now, fitness wise, that'll make you feel better? And I live in a, a building that's got uh, ten stories. Oh, there it is, like, right well, there. I was like, well, there it is, right there. I had an old pair of running shoes on and put on those shoes and I went up and down the stairs. I think I got up and down three times and I got up to the top and I was just like, I, I, I never exerted myself that much. And since probably high school hockey days, right? Yeah. So I was going to ask, were you, um, so like six, two, six, three, man, and, and some bills, like you had to be 
wanted by coaches in school, right? So were you a sporty dude? Is that why you gravitated towards FIFA? Uh, I played soccer younger and then I gravitated towards uh, hockey and baseball because like Canada, like soccer was not popular at all. Gotcha. So I gravitated to hockey. Uh, I had some potential in my younger years, but then I, uh, I succumbed to the, well, I'd rather hang out with friends and drink and yeah. stuff. Right? Yeah, dude, that's the great potential crusher for fucking like 80% of the population. <laughs> if you don't have oh. like, if you don't have that raw natural ability and you have to rely on like hard work and technique and you're like, man, that's a lot of work, dude, but it's cool to just hang with my friends, chase tail and uh, drink. Yeah, I'd rather do that. Exactly. So that's what happened with that. Okay. Then, so then that just like snowballs when you're done with the whole like after school sports scene. It's like, oh, totally. fuck, I just enjoy this. This is what I'm going to kind of do with my choice time now or my free time. Oh, yeah. I don't even once think of fitness or working out oh, or wow. any, anything at all. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I start running the stairs. And I'm, I'm like, that was so fucking hard. Like, it only took me like 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it took me, but I was done and spent. And then I remember later that night, I was making some food and I'm like, well, I'm not going to just have chicken wings tonight. I was about to say, was was it mac and cheese? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like running those stairs was fucking grueling. Right. So I'm going to, why don't I try and eat something healthy? I started, I started just making these little adjustments in my diets, uh, taking this out, adding this and. Like so, taking so, what kind of stuff out? Like fried foods? Or are you talking about like more yeah. like that unnatural, um, like Un, um, unnatural foods? Gotcha. Stuff that had stuff that had added sugar, preservatives. Yeah. Just starting to get some knowledge about where food came from. Like it's a, it's a gradual thing, man. Like you start you start pulling out little habits here and there, and and uh, before you know it, you're you're getting pretty healthy and. People were noticing it. They're like, wow, you lost weight. And then that's Uh-oh. all. Once you start hearing people, oh, you lost weight. You're looking good. There it is. And you're like, oh, there it is. And it starts working. And then I'm starting to get, I feel like I'm relatively feeling fit. And I'm getting okay from all, all of my reg, regime is the stairs. And I'm like, okay, I need something else. And I'm sitting there and I come across this infomercial for uh, P90X. Oh, oh, fuck. Dude. So I did a little bit of, um, the insanity, which I think followed it, because I didn't want to buy the P90X um, like pull-up bar and equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I it's I know insanity. Yeah, yeah, it's like a precursor to like a lot of this CrossFit shit that's just been blowing up. It's almost totally. like the, the bridge. You know, what I'm saying that active, explosive strength training versus um, just like almost. It's not. Is it static? Like if you're just doing benches or curls. Yeah, it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing that drew me to it was like P90X Extreme 90 days and I was right. like well if I can do this 90 day course then you know then I, maybe this health thing is going to be a, a sustainable thing going forward like let's see what happens did you take the mirror picture where you did like the front pose and the side pose to compare yourself <laughs> no oh man you weren't committed <laughs> I know right I did the 90 days but I'm, I'm going to tie in here's where the yoga comes into play so in the program, uh, on day four, uh, uh, every week, day four is this thing called Yoga X. Okay. Now, yeah. I had never really, I'd heard of yoga, but I didn't really know I had any fucking clue what the hell I was getting myself into. So every fourth day of the week, you do a 90-minute Yoga X. And 
it was out of i'm telling you this workout had pull-ups it had plyometrics it had it had gross shit that you're barfing and every i used to i used to hate every time i had to do this yoga x because i found it so challenging to to get into these postures to move in them uh not only physically like i'll be dripping sweat on my yoga mat and i was like what the hell is going on yeah um just it was it was it was so challenging and i figured it was something that i needed to to learn more about because it was so foreign to me so i started uh, a friend of mine said i started going to like actual yoga classes and i'm like i'm like i do yoga i do yoga at home he said do you want to come check out uh, a yoga class at the studio and we went to this uh, a Bikram studio. I don't know if you're aware of uh, the Bikram yoga. Oh, dude, I watched um the and I, I don't know if you're related to him. I hope not. What a creepy motherfucker! Based on the documentary <laughs> I watched, wasn't that shit on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, dude. So, <laughs> talk about a motherfucker that just knew how to get over on people. Oh my god, it pyramid scheme, but, a fucking pyramid scheme. Sorry, go ahead, but yeah, <laughs> I find. Yeah, there's there's a but his shit was legit, right? Like the yoga practice itself was fucking life altering, changing, strengthening, leaning. I mean, it was all true. It's just the dude was a fucking like power corrupted him or some shit, man. Absolutely right. He had a cult going, and, and that with that cult comes power. And I think when he said that women will pay one million dollars for one drop of my sperm, I was kind of like, yeah. this guy's lost it. Dude, I'm watching those deposition videos. Fuck him. God. And he's still like missing, right? Didn't he run away to an that's how the documentary yeah, is like runs away to an uh, island. You got no fucking idea where I think he's at. down in down in Mexico. So anyways, long story short, I, I I went and I tried my first real class in there. And it was Bikram Yoga? And it was Bikram and it was so fucking hot. I was about like, to say that's like, the oh, thing. Yeah, right? It's hot as hell. Hundred and five degrees. Like I, I came out of there, Sean, and I was like I was I couldn't believe it. I could. I never thought I'd ever sweat or drip that much in my life. But the <laughs> feeling, the feeling that that uh, came afterwards was just uh, just euphoria. Like you just felt like, oh my god, I, I did that, and I feel so good right now. Like I'm so detoxified, my body feels limber. Right. So it just it it just opened my eyes to yoga is this whole big world. Right. And then I started going to different studios, trying different classes. Like there's like a flow type classes. There's yin type classes. There's all these creative ways. There's arm balancing. There's all the, the cool, fun stuff that I really like the challenging power aspect of yoga. Because at the end of the day, I can turn a yoga workout into one hell of a strength and cardio and, fle- and, and flexibility type of a workout where I can cover all my bases in a yoga thing. Right. As opposed to as opposed to doing squats and pull ups and push ups and all that shit that which is great. But if I had some benevolent being say you can only do one type of workout from now on, I would I would go with yoga because I can incorporate all those other things into that. Huh. No, don't get me wrong, I love doing everything else like kettlebells and all the pull ups yeah, yeah, yeah. and hard stuff. No, but I I mean again I think you're right because the um just when you get into the yoga poses that I know, and I don't know any of the names, but like feet are at your fucking side, you know, you're lifting different parts of your body up off the ground with other different parts. So you're constantly core and you're balancing and you just get this leanness to you because you have to find that center and that balance. And it requires strength along with flexibility. hundred percent, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 
absolutely. And and not only that, you 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 really train um, you train the mind in, in a sense because you're constantly having this this self battle of oh this is uncomfortable or right. I can't do this or I'll never be able to do this. There's so many times I said throughout my yoga practice, I'll never be able to get to this part of a practice of a of a posture. And I always seem to fucking somehow get there. And so then it, like, may, it may take a year. It may take five years. Yeah. Right. Of course. Well, and that's and sometimes I think that's why people quit. Cause they like, um, again, what was it like the, um, expectations, right? Like if you expect was, yourself, yeah. if you expect yourself to do something within a week, well, that might not be a realistic expectation. So you're going to lead, it's going to lead you to disappointment, all those negative feelings and blah, blah. And it just snowballs. Absolutely. Um, right. Like, I'm wondering, so now you're taking yoga classes, are you, do you, and this is stupid because I'm thinking like art school, is there like a yoga school in order to then become a teacher? Is it something that you just learned by doing and you're like, hey man, I'm good enough. I got the personality. I'm going to open up a studio kind of a thing. Yeah, you could, but a lot of people go to what uh, the industry calls like the yoga teacher training. Okay. And now... There's a gazillion of these yoga yoga teacher trainings out there, right? And you don't need to like. How do, there's not much of a legislative body. Well, there is. They call it the Yoga Alliance here in Canada. That if you're a yoga teacher and you want to teach other other yogis, you have to at least match some of their criteria for them to give you uh, accreditation. So essentially, what most people do is they sign up for a 200 hour yoga teacher training okay. session. And so in those 200 hours, you, they can be done like every weekend or you can go on ones that are very intensive. Ones yeah. Like boot camp and just get that shit done. Right. Yeah. Five, five weeks, five weeks, 40 hours a week. Boom. Out. Boom. Exactly. So I went, I went that route. I went onto the hardcore boot camp route. I, I got in touch with, uh, this woman who was out in Calgary, which is out west, and she, a friend of mine, was introduced me to her. And we just really liked her vibe. Like, we thought she brought a lot to uh, to the table, so we took a chance because we didn't even fucking know her. And she was running a teacher training in Costa Rica. Oh, that's why you went. Come on now. <laughs> exactly. That, that, was, that was the real seller. <laughs> so before before we go to Costa Rica. What were you doing for work while you're um, going through this like metamorphosis or becoming awake since you were asleep? <laughs> yeah, um, true. Uh, so, I mean, for work, my my jobs, my life have been a lot in the service industry. Uh, okay. So I've done. I've worked in a lot of restaurants, uh, bartending serving um and then from my schooling aspects i've worked in accounting like i have a accounting background and i do taxes and i've worked for the government on um, financial reporting and, and a lot of dry boring stuff yeah that, man that monotonous eight hour cubicle type day that i i mean 
Like I went and I took accounting and people said, well, why are you taking accounting? I said, well, I'm good at it. Now uh, don't right. use that. Don't use that as a metric kids. <laughs> yeah. It, it's almost like it shouldn't be like what you're good at. It should be like what you're into. Right. Exactly. Like, dude, this right. way you're not working a day in your life if you're doing what you love kind of a thing. And people, people, again, it goes to that whole failure thing where like, man, just fucking try some shit. You might not know what you like. And then all of a sudden you find out, wow, I'm into this. I'd be happy doing this. And it leads to this contentment for whatever reason. Yeah. Totally. And I guess I was totally. asking so, because I was wondering, like, did you have a career at the time when you're trying to adjust for this yoga thing? Or are you just kind of like bouncing around with this server's gig, which makes it easier to, yeah, man, fuck it. I'll try it. I'll be a yogi. Yeah. I was, I was bouncing. I'm not, I was bouncing. Like my life was just kind of, I, I never really had a direction or plan. I was just kind of like bouncing from here to there. And then I was like, well, I'll, I'll stick with this accounting thing. I'm good at it. I'll, uh, I'll see how much I can, how, like how I can make this work. And then I was like, I just don't care. And they're like, well, it's good money. And I'm like, I just don't care. And so I was struggling with that transition. And then at, the, at that point, I would have been in my, um, early thirties, mid thirties. I, I started drinking a lot more. I was just like, I was like, fuck, what's the point? Like I was, I was still doing yoga. I was, I was still being fitness, but I was dating a younger girl and we really got into drinking a lot and it kind of got away from me, put it, put it mildly. And, uh, a lot of these drinking nights could, had a potential to turn into benders and then these benders could go on for days. Holy shit, and, dude. Like it, and, it's, it's not like yeah. you're just fucking out clubbing or partying or having a little house party. You're like fucking clubbing party and having a house party, then waking up in like bloody Mary's mimosas type shit. And you're just staying down. Totally. Jesus. It are was, you serious? It was, yeah. Like, um, um, I was like, I could tell you I was masking a lot of the darkness I was feeling. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to look at the shadow aspect of myself. And so with that, I would just drink and, and then I have a tendency with alcohol to just keep going and then not stop. And then it gets, it's just this vicious cycle where I ended up in the hospital a few times. And Holy fuck. Um, I had a, a lot of scary times with, uh, with alcohol and like you were I could, passed out or like you're hurting yourself because you're drunk stumbling like alcohol poisoning type shit alcohol you're puking, poisoning like stomach stuff. pumps yeah like I, it's a, sorry it's um the dark and deep subject i don't mind talking about it but yeah like i i went on yeah and man i'm sorry but you and i can't remember if i said this but if i ask a question and you're like man i'm not fucking going there next like i'm unoffended do you know what I'm saying? So oh, it's yeah. completely oh, what you totally. want to share. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable or anything like that. Um, but I'm just oh, totally. I'm just getting your vibe now of like you're a fucking ambitious, energetic go getter, and it's kind of again me pretending like I've known you your whole life after an hour. But like mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. think of how I would have seen you if I was like your next door neighbor and been like, why is fucking Spence on a bender again? Why is the hospital like? I don't get that from you at all. Exactly. And neither did other people because it would it only happen probably two, three times a year. But when it happened, it was uh, it was catastrophic where I would lose jobs and, and friendships and and these things. And I was never addressing the situation. I think that I could get it under control. 
and then months would go by, I'd be being healthy, and then something would click, and I would just, I'd hit the bottle, and for the next few days, I would go in seclusion, and then it would go upwards of, I, one time I was two weeks in seclusion, I had people come by checking on me, and making sure oh, I wasn't shit. dead, and I was just like, I was just, uh, those were the really dark times, and uh, so, I remember going to a hospital the last time I went there. They kept me in the hospital for about four days. Oh, my God. And I came out. I felt good. And I was like, I said to myself, I'm like, I, I can't I can't be doing this. Like, I'm going to kill myself. Right. I'm already giving my mom so much stress because every time she'd have to come over or call me or wouldn't be able to find me. I could only imagine what I was doing. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like I tried Alcoholics Anonymous, blah, blah, blah. Nothing worked. And like, I had been dabbling with yoga, like through P90X and doing classes here and there, but I was, this is pre Costa Rica, right? Well yeah. before that. And I was like, well, okay. I don't know what, what the fuck I'm going to do. So I was at my ropes end. And I, 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 uh, a friend of mine who was, uh, I don't, I don't mean to scoff, but a friend of mine who was, um, really out there in, in a spiritual sense, she said she was a channeler and talked to spiritual entities and, and, uh, all this really weird stuff that really, I thought she was crazy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so she's like, "Why don't you have a session with me, and we'll, we'll talk to your spirit guides?" And I'm like, "What the fuck is this bitch talking about?" I'm like, well, "What do I got to lose, right?" Yeah, no doubt. What do I got to lose? So discover your down. fucking trigger, right? Like something's triggered. You're you're getting triggered in some way to go on these benders, and it's like, "Fuck, man! If I can at least figure a trigger out, maybe I can get mm-hmm. this shit under wraps." Mm-hmm. And now. She did, she, she's a, a friend of mine, but like not a close friend. So she didn't, didn't know my past, didn't know very much about me. But when we went into sessions, she was able to pinpoint a heck of a lot of my trauma from when I was younger. Mm. And and the guides kept saying to her throughout it, this is what she referred to me. She's like, you must stick with a form of yoga and meditation as, as a way to keep you grounded or else you'll keep floating in and out of these cycles. And I kind of took that as whether or not she just made that up or who, who fucking knows. I took it and I ran with it. And that night I came home and I, I had, uh, uh, I hadn't done psychedelics since my, since a while. It had been probably five, six, seven years since just having fun. So she, she just, she said, she's like, if you can get some mushrooms, try and make a mushroom tea. Magic mushrooms. So I got some of them and I grounded them up and I steeped them for half an hour, drank the tea, and I had was quite an. I don't. I can't even explain it. I had a. a I had one of those situations as we were our first conversation we were talking about earlier, where you reach sanity or, or contentment and bliss. Like I was in this state of bliss and how everything is okay. I was able to. I was able to almost see that the, the drinking and the benders, like I was able to just, now I don't want to say like having this mushroom trip made it all go away because it didn't. But after that trip, I was able to look at 
thought, that pattern of thought and that those paths that I was going down in, in a, and I was able to look at it in a whole other lens. And, and I never went down those paths again. I never went on another bender again. Granted, I still will have a drink here and there and I'll get drunk every once in a while. But I, I don't care like I used to. Like there used to be a time when I would be like, I could never live life without drinking. Like oh, I don't God. understand who doesn't drink. Like everyone needs to drink, and all those people who don't drink are losers. And I look at drinking in for for what it is now. It's it's just a way to escape your pain and your misery. Right. Gran- granted, there's a it's a time to celebrate too, and there's there's occasions, but the majority of the people who are drinking. They're yeah. not drinking, just you know. No, dude, it's it's it. I, I think it's totally fine to fucking say, and I'll say it. Like, dude, you you drink to escape, whether it's escape your ambitions of like I wouldn't say this, um, to be able to have an excuse of the only reason I did this is because I was drinking, or oh my god, I was so drunk, and I want exactly. Like, well, just because you don't have the fucking balls to like yell at someone or to hook up with someone or to express your feelings in some way. Like then maybe those aren't the appropriate feelings to have and maybe you need to find a healthy way to deal with it. And I think the majority of people who drink do drink to escape shit. Like, I mean, absolutely. I, I think that's, that's absolutely whether even just to be able to cheer at a sporting event the way they want to cheer at a sporting event. Like, oh, you got to get four beers in before you can get hype and yell stupid shit. Well, then why not just be the guy you want to be without it, right? You're, you're capable. Right. So no, dude, I, I think that's... That that's very um, that's fine. Frederick Frederick Nietzsche had one of his more famous sayings is that he said if you if you ever want to be truly happy in life, there's one thing you must never do. Now I don't I don't necessarily agree with it 100 percent because everything in moderation, but it's you must never drink alcohol. Oh, wow. Now why, why would he say that? Well, if you think about it. Like, it causes nothing but problems at the end of the day. Like, I'm pretty sure we can, I don't, I don't want to turn this into hating on alcohol because I like having a good drink here and there too. But essentially what it does is, is for one hour, two hours, maybe four hours, if you're a really good alcoholic, it gets rid of all your problems. All your problems are gone. They're magically gone. At like, least in your mind while they're fucking piling least- up all around you. Exactly, and so it's just the it's just i i don't know i was able to kind of i was able to kind of map that train of thought out during my uh my trip and i did it i did a few more afterwards to like just make sure like wait was i actually hearing that right (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and i and and i I don't want to say i don't want to anyone listening to think that, Oh, I've got a problem with this. I'll just take some mushrooms and it will cure it. (laughs) Sponsors. So mushroom sponsors your studio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, like they're still illegal, right? So yeah, it's the the good thing is there's so much treatment. That's, uh, or so many more options available and the stigma is being removed that, that shows the power that, these compounds really do have in changing a depression or an anxiety or or a PTSD. And I've, I've not, um, gone down the research path. I'm just going to what other people I've heard who seem intelligent when they speak. There's a whole fucking world of psych. There's a reason psychedelics are like next level 
and to be used for awakenings to dull senses in order to have you go inward. So it can like remove your senses while exposing all your senses because you're completely yeah. oblivious to everything around you. And then you actually get to seek inward. I want to say a dude who fucking did 20 years on the CIA was talking about, or one of the original like LSD guys, it was on Joe Rogan podcast. And he was like, it was fine until they just kept fucking dropping drops onto paper. Like if you just would have had the right proportion, acid alone would have been fine. And if you take it to mushrooms, which are even more natural mushrooms in pot, like there's something to be said about nature providing these things to help people who were almost meant to consume or created to consume and have a relationship with nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so I, I don't think, I, I do think like the stigma for a lot of that shit is going away because th- th- there are huge mental aspects that, um, with proper control and proportions can be found for people. I completely agree. I think the stigma on all drugs needs to be lifted. Like, um, oh. it's very controversial statement. I said, uh, I think it was about seven years ago at my family Christmas dinner, where I have my <laughs> uncle, my, my uncle. And my, I just love that it's my, Christmas dinner as well. It wasn't just like Sunday. It's like no, on Christmas, <laughs> I just fucking came with it. I was like, yeah, we're gonna have this. And my cousin, who's a uh, police officer, I said said blatantly to them, I think all drugs should be decriminalized and legalized. And they both looked at me like I was a fucking alien with a beak of, I don't know. They, yeah. he, he says to me, he says, beak I said to him, I'm like, so you think you can, you can control the drug war and stop it? Like you, you can win it. And he said, if they give us enough money and resources, that's what they always definitely say. 100% stop the drug war. Yeah. And I, I, I could not help, but just go, no, now I'm not saying I think all drugs are good and everyone should be doing whatever, but drugs is such a blanket statement. Like yeah. when I hear people say, I don't do drugs, I almost instantly can go, you're a liar. Cause I'll tell you a drug that you do. Yeah, right? you, you probably don't consume anything. Do you have coffee? Do you have sugar? Like, yeah. yeah coffee, sugar, are the two easiest ones. Oh yeah. Jesus. So true. So, and we got to look at how we use drugs and it's like, there's no such thing as a bad drug. It's your relationship to that drug, the behavior that is causing you to use that. Like, Having, like, you know, a Valium because you've been having a hard time sleeping for the past couple months, not a bad problem. But then having six glasses of wine and a Valium because your boyfriend broke up with you and you can't deal with anymore. Yeah. There's, it's a situation. It's all situational. And, like, we can all look at the drug war. Like, it's been going on for 100 years and all it's doing is wasting more money and more putting people in prison. Um, yeah. people in prison, death, destruction, gangs, like I could go on. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'd actually spoken to a guy, um, Sean, who I think might be the next podcast or two that I post, um, who was just fucking in and out of the system and institutionalized from like 15 to fucking 34. And like his just mentality of how people who get arrested are incentivized to speak about people around them and have information to give in order to like go up the food chain, it, it totally fucking de-incentivized truth, man. Cause number one, you're dealing with a criminal and who the fuck wants to face 20 years. If I can just tell you some shit about someone, fuck, if I can just make it up, 
And like right. the stigma and then judges get on that track of like, I'm a whatever Republican judge. So I got to be hard on this. And I have a reputation of you don't fuck around in my district and I'll like, it just, it, a lot of it's bullshit. Um, totally. but, but again, those sidetracks, cause it's the getting to know you pod. Um, one of my friends made fun of me. She's like, you know, sometimes it's the getting to know you pod. And I think people come on to hear stories and sometimes y'all go kind of deep on shit and you lose the story <laughs> aspect. And I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of like, I don't know, like about, maybe it's just a marketing issue on my part where I'm like, I feel like that is getting to know you because now we know your stance on drugs, right? Like, we know, your stance Absolutely, on yoga right? and alcohol, like that's, that's part of getting to know someone. Absolutely. And uh, if, if you were to ask me what I think the worst drugs are, if there's worse ones. Absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, her- it's hard to argue crystal. for heroin, right? Yeah. Meth. Yeah. Crystal meth. And I would even put as much as I sound like a hypocrite because I used to partake in it so much. Alcohol. Alcohol is one of the most brutally destructive drugs on the planet. Like from a physical stance, yeah. from a, a, a social social stance, from... Dude, you just really wonder, is it like some alcohol lobbyists that are keeping all these, helping to keep all these drugs at bay? Because if you had this plethora that you could go get, like how many people would start smoking pot and just fucking smoke a joint instead of have a beer to relax after work? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the conspiracy in the spiritual community is that alcohol has been given to the masses for thousands of years to keep their spiritual vibration low, oh. and which is, is, it makes sense, right? You're, you're, it's poison. We're putting poison into our body. Then our body's detoxifying it out and, that feeling we have in our hangover, uh, it's not only physical, but it's, it's also the chemistry in our brains have rewired to us to think in, in a more low-level vibrational thought of like worthlessness or shame or something like that. So it it you know, keeps everyone keeps everyone in their little boxes, nice and in, in check. Right. Yeah. That. I mean. That that or TV, right? <laughs> that or TV, Sean. Is, uh, free internet, free internet for a reason. Yeah, hundred percent. Dude, I remember reading um 1984 from George Orwell, and being like, like read that shit and be like, it's fucking happening. They're putting TVs on like counters in your kitchen. Like everyone has to have a fucking screen everywhere. And this is whatever, like when you used to have the little like box TVs, the 13 inch like screens with the fucking antenna. So you could like chop and have the news on or be able to watch your shows. And it's like, can't you fucking listen to some music or just be with your thoughts while you're doing shit? Why, why do you need this fucking constant screen? Why do you have to have dinner with a fucking screen on or have a screen in your bed as well? And like, it just, it, it waiting on it, man, waiting on the fucking screen to take over. And it just makes yep. people empathetic. They're like, Oh fuck. I can almost like you were saying with that video game. Like I can just experience life through the screen versus experience life. Exactly. And that gets me onto a whole other topic of uh, virtual reality, ready player one world that we're moving into. Yeah. And all this Especially stuff. with Corona like that. Those motherfuckers are chomping at the bit to be like, I told you it's so much safer online. Just plug in, just plug in. You'll live. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Am I, am I living? Have you heard of the movie Surrogates with Bruce Willis? Oh, dude, what? That's fucking like what, 15, 20 years old at this point? Something like that. But like everyone yeah. goes online. They all stay at home in their boxes. And you, their you, bodies never get damaged. And then you go online and you work. 
Yeah, and spoiler, right? Like, you don't realize that that's what's fucking happening for the first, like, 45 minutes of the movie or some shit, right? Yeah. Like, don't, yeah. like in the middle of it, they just have this awakening. You're like, wait, Bruce Willis is fucking bald and fat and in a dirty wife like, undershirt. She I know. wife beater it's anymore. So but, fucked. like, and his wife is trying to hold on to this beauty. And, like, it, and he has that awakening, almost like Neo in the Matrix, where it's just like, fuck, man, what is living? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Sarah exactly. What what is what is living like? What it's like? Even what's going on right now with with lockdowns and stuff. Like, are are we? Do we really? Like, I, I caught myself at the beginning of this uh, pandemic reaching for a doorknob, and I, I questioned myself for a second: Should I wrap my sleeve around my hand to 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 cover that doorknob? Oh wow! Because and then. It was very brief, and then I, I said, "I said I'm not living my life like this. I'm not going to live my life where I have to think that around every corner there's a germ or a microbe that's getting ready to take me out." Now, if it's, I'm going to wash my hands like a regular person, but I'm not going to be that covered in sanitizer. I'm afraid of germs. I'm afraid of touch. I'm afraid of people. That's not living life to me anymore, and I, yeah. I don't want to live in a world like that. I'll, I'll respect everyone who. Who wants to, who wants to stay away and sanitize their bodies? I'm just not in that camp. Yeah, I've um, I feel like a lot of it comes from becoming, I can't remember if it's ungrounded or whatever, but just fucking like a natural connection to Earth, and to experiencing outdoors and like your feet hitting your hitting grass or hitting sand or getting in water and like feeling dirty but not feeling dirty. If that makes sense. Like you're experiencing nature, like letting a bee buzz around you and just fucking believing, like, I don't need to flip out. This thing don't want to fucking sting me. Exactly. You know, and it just gives you this comfort and germs are the same fucking way, man. But so many people are so used to not being dirty, not dirtying their hands at all, or not fucking rolling around in grass that they're so worried about chiggers or some shit that it's like, germs can't see them how do we fight them and it's like fuck man they're everywhere we need germs you need them that's the thing right they're the whole thing like i remember being a kid in the playground picking up chewed gum in the sand that someone had spit out picking it up and putting it in my mouth and chewing it until the sand disappeared so it wasn't grainy anymore and then going (laughs) "Hmm, this gum tastes good now (laughs) what dumbass threw this away with it still use (laughs) (laughs) right and so my point is me doing that as a young kid i i build these resistance and all these antibodies to fight this shit when we, when we start to sanitize our children. Yeah, that's a huge thing, right? They tell you about that. Like, dude, you got to let your kid get dirty and sick because if not, oh, the fucking yeah. body gets in shock and they don't know what to do. Like, and I'm not saying like – and that's the whole like anti-vaccine thing. I'm like I don't know where you stand. We don't have to go down the road. But like you can give your kid a vaccine and then your kid can still get sick and that's actually a good thing. Like it's good for the body to get used to learning how to heal itself. Absolutely. Now, I don't. I don't mind t- touching briefly on the vaccine subject because it's such a hot fucking topic, and it's. <laughs> but uh, my stance on vaccines is, you know what? I I don't know a heck of a like. I know I know what I know from what people have told me about from the research I've done. I've seen what they put in them. I, I see that they can be really well used as a tool to, uh, if they've been tested and implemented enough um 
the new vaccines coming out. I don't know. A lot of a lot of the stuff just coming out now. It seems like they want us to just be sick and then pumped full of thirty different vaccines. Right. Growing up, it's it, something just like smells to me. It stinks like uh, either money or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I hate to get all I conspiracy. At the same time, I love to get all conspiracy. And fucking pharmaceutical companies make so much money on that shit. Like, dude, exactly. you're you're going back to like when you were on your bender. Bender. So that happened in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. So are there hospital bills associated with that, or you're just like walking out when you're done? You're done. I'm done. Uh, my tax dollars pay for it. Yeah. So, dude, you go on a fucking four day hospital stay in America. You don't have insurance. You are fucked bro that's like a student loan hanging around your totally. neck at that it's a fucking mercedes right oh, and like yeah, that's a yeah, lot absolutely. of money that people get um for this there's a lot of jobs involved in that and you almost can't help but when you actually think about like money wise the influence it has um on the marketing because marketing affects us 100 we've turned our whole health industry into a for-profit model like it's yeah. It's maybe not in Canada per se, but I mean, there's definitely aspects that are for profit. And and uh, when they look at it and it, keeping people sick, you constantly have a customer. Right. So instead, don't teach them, you know, put, put good stuff into your body, exercise, get outside, meditate, yoga. Yeah. Let's, let's prevent that shit now so we don't have to worry about it later. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the real thing. The whole ounce of prevention pound of cure. Um, it's, it gets me so frustrated, Sean, because I think it's cause I used to live my life like that. Right. And I, and, and then. Yeah. Right. Fucking play your shit forward, dude. You're talking about a bender so bad. You're in a hospital for a couple days. Imagine if you're not fucking sipping some good old mushroom tea and discovering <laughs> like, wow, there's a better, there's a better fucking life. Like maybe, maybe we should, There's a better life, yeah. instead of giving kids um, milk with lunch, maybe we should just go with some mushroom tea or at least offer it. <laughs> <laughs> let oh, them man. get the, let them get their awakening early I, on so that I, they can. Have fucking... you ever had a psychedelic trip? No comment. I'm a state employee who teaches and alters the minds of young students. And that's enough mind altering <laughs> for me. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. I, I that's something I really, I don't know if I worry about but I do worry about. So if I'm like, I've had to podcast um, like with time zones and shit. So it'll be like later at night. So it's nine o'clock and I'm fucking having some red wine, shooting the shit, talking to people. I'm like, if you fucking slip, man, and you don't edit it and it turns into a clip, like, could this be an issue for you, Sean? Um, so that's yeah, part of, right? that's part of why I was like, I should make it a getting to know you podcast so that the focus gets more on the other people and less, it gives me almost like, and I don't, in a weird way, not less liability, but less liability where it's like, I'm not feeling that need to entertain. I'm just feeling that need to conversate. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I might've been too long of explanation. Let's get you to Costa Rica, man. Let's get back to that happy place. So fucking, we come out of the forest. We've been naked for eight days walking around after we sip our magic mushrooms. And now, <laughs> now we're on a plane to Costa Rica. Like fucking uh, had to be so deep for that. First, I went to Peru. Oh. So I was actually gearing up to get ready to go on to a 10-day Vipassana silent meditation retreat, which was terrifying me because 
those things you have no phone, no book, no journal, like you, you don't talk, like you, you're just alone for 10 days with your fucking thoughts. Right. So I was getting ready to go onto that and I got accepted to go, uh, all free of charge. And, uh, my friends, two of my friends were like, Hey, I think we should go to Peru. We have, we're going to go, we're going to go this time. Do you want to come? And I was always wanting to go to Peru. And I was like, this is a fucking no brainer. I'm going to Peru. So I, I didn't pay for anything for the meditation retreat. I just told them, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm too scared to come right now. I'm going to Peru. (laughs) So Peru was a party trip. No, 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 no. Peru was, uh, Peru was amazing. It was probably my first trip where it was, uh, it was all about just being in the moment, not about where are we having dinner tonight? What are we drinking? None of that shit. It was, it was, uh, I, so myself and my two other friends, we were like, well, we want to go to Peru, but we didn't know, we we knew the things we wanted to do. We just didn't know how we were going to do them because like, we don't know Peru. It's a, it's a pretty big country and we don't know shit. So what do we do? Yeah. Why Peru? Let me ask that. Um, I really, something was drawing me to about it. Like, uh, I don't know, like Machu Picchu energy or something. I don't know what it was. Okay. I wanted, I wanted to go into the Amazon jungle. I wanted to go to Machu Picchu. I wanted to go into the mountains and I wanted to go into a desert. And Peru had all of that. Like mm-hmm. Peru has desert, ocean, like jungle, mountain. They, they got quite a lot of ecosystems. And so. Hey, you're starting to sound like a fucking yogi now. <laughs> 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 I wanted to go wander the desert, climb the mountains. Just fucking saying Mon- Machu Picchu. I was like, oh, shit. Machu, Machu Picchu, yeah. Machu Picchu. <laughs> and so. Uh, I got, I, I got in touch with this small travel agency that was there called Peruvian soul. Shout out to Peruvian soul. And, uh, <laughs> they'll fucking take care of you, <laughs> man. They were the greatest group. Like I, I told, I gave them, I told them what we wanted to do. We had a whirlwind itinerary. We wanted to even, we wanted to do, uh, some ayahuasca sessions in the jungle as well, which they don't usually they don't, they've never done before. They were able to find a couple of really good shaman who were able to come into the jungle. Long story short, they took care of everything that like all the, the little details that we needed, the logistical part of it. Right. We told them all the things we wanted to do. And then we just had to show up. Everything else was taken care of. And it was, it was just a marvelously, wonderfully planned trip like saw so much stuff and so opening shaman sessions so are you familiar with ayahuasca no, no I, I that's why i said shaman because i couldn't even remember how to say ayahuasca <laughs> so uh ayahuasca uh, you've, you've listened to joe rogan you've heard him talk about dmt right i don't doesn't come to mind no dimethyltryptamine which is uh, so DMT is dimethyltryptamine. I'll have to do a quick uh, educational thing here. So 
DMT, dimethyltryptamine, is a compound that is naturally in the environment in many plants. It's also in our bodies. Uh, they say it's in our pineal gland. It releases when we sleep. It releases apparently when we die. It floods our system. What the DMT, they, they're able to extract it from plants in the environment in the Amazon jungle. And they brew it with another plant together into a concoction and then you drink it and it's a, a powerful spiritual i don't know i don't even use that word so it's a psychedelic trip where you you, you literally go and talk to i'd say entities or mother earth they, they call it they mm. call her pachamama which just is a, a quechua word for um like mother god whatever okay so you called up a peruvian travel company and they were they had the connections to get you in the fucking amazon sipping psychedelic teas to meet mother earth (laughs) when you say it like that it sounds so wild but yeah it's true (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) we went like we were back and forth talking to these guys for a while and they were humming and hawing about the whole ayahuasca thing. And then, um, the one guy said that one of his friends, I guess was working with shaman over here and then stars aligned and they were able to get in touch and they were able to, to, what made you want to do that? What made you want to get up with the ayahuasca shamans? It was something that I was curious to try, uh, uh, especially after the mushrooms experience I had. And the girls I was going with were really keen on wanting to try the ayahuasca too. So it was kind of like if we're going to Peru, um, where we, we want to have that experience. We want to, we're already there, right? We're going that far. Let's, let's take it into the jungle and do the, and do the ayahuasca. Now it's nothing you do lightly. Like we were all scared in our own way of. I fucking bet of, dude. Jesus of, Christ. <laughs> we're, we're, we're literally in the fucking middle we're, we're on we go on a boat up river for like four hours where it's like there's anaconda and fucking all like pumas and all sorts of predators <laughs> in the jungle around us and like internet's for one hour a day power for three hours a day wow it was just it was a wild experience overall sean so like that whole trip to peru kind of started like started to shift my whole perspective of uh, of how I wanted to keep going forward in this life. Do I do I want to start looking for the beauty and waking up to the ugliness? And you got you can't just have one or the other. If you're going to go into the incredible beauty of life, you're going to see the incredible ugliness at the same time. Right. And it's just about being open. And and coming back from Peru, I was just. I don't think people say, did it change your life? Was it a life-changing experience? Well, no. Well, actually, I wasn't going to go life-changing. I was just going to say, like, what impact does a session with those shamans have? Like, it would, that sealed the deal where you were like, all right, man, I'm ready to just fucking make this what I'm about. I guess I did just kind of do a backdoor way of asking if it was life-changing. Maybe reaffirming? Yeah. Reaffirming might be a way to say it? Or yeah. Yeah. No? It was a reaffirming because I was all I felt I, I felt like I'd already almost made that shift uh, months prior to that. Right, like I was in the process, and um, 
I mean, an ayahuasca experience is it's so different for everyone. Like the girls next to me, like the, my friends, they were, they were making weird noises. Like they had told me later that they were on like other planets. Like this one girl told me she, she felt like she had been transported uh, a million years back in time and that she was just one of these primal cave women who had all these like just primal urges and just it just felt so like like light i don't know like all it's, it's so hard to explain like trying to explain an ayahuasca experience is like trying to draw a picture of god right in the in the dirt with Yeah, there, um, Moses couldn't even describe the face of God, and that dude had a whole fucking chapter in the Bible, you know? Right. <laughs> um, exactly. What, what was the um, ceremony like, though? So maybe not the experience, but like you, you go up on this boat, you, you're walking into like what, like a tribe, and you got a translator there? How is this thing going down? So can you hear me okay still? Yeah, it changed a little bit, but I can definitely hear you. I think you were cutting out for a little bit. My head, my headset just died, so I had to just bring gotcha. it, bring it down to this. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. I was just asking what the so aside from the experience, the ceremony itself. I'm trying to picture it. Like in my head, I'm picturing like you're in a tent, people are chanting. There's like hot stones and a fire, and you're passing <laughs> around a mug, and then like you just you, you just fucking lose yourself and you roll over in like some bearskin thing or something. <laughs> kinda. So we were in, we, we were in this. We were in this lodge, and um, there was three lodges in the in the in the jungle, and they right in this one area. And the people who oh, it was a very low time in the season, so there wasn't a lot. There was very there was only three other people at the whole place. It's a very small place as it was. So what they had done to accommodate us, they moved the two other people who are in our cabin to the other cabin, and so and in our cabin in the main sitting room, there was just myself my two friends the two shaman and then uh our two guides who who guided us in the forest on on hikes and adventures and they were they were one of them was well versed with ayahuasca and he was kind of he was kind of just there to keep tabs on everything i guess like because the shaman partake in the ayahuasca too it's always good to have uh a designated driver. <laughs> yeah. So there was him and then his assistant. And, and it's a very, it's not, you, you sit, you're sitting in a circle, you drink the drink, like a, just like a shot of something does not taste very good at all. And then you just kind of sit there and you wait. And the, the shaman start going into what they call the Icaros, which is uh it's like a chant. They're all different. People sing different songs, but they're they're very uh, can't even describe it. Um, indigenous sounding, right? Okay. And, and you you start to get into a zone, and then with the music, and it's it's pitch black. You can hear the sounds of the jungle. Oh shit! And then that's when the shapes start happening. You start noticing shapes in your mind. You start going into these paths, and I. I mean, it's so hard to explain. Like, I, dude, you're fucking taking me there right now. I feel like I'm on one. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like, and I didn't picture it being dark, but I guess that helps you almost to like center into yourself. So you're like not distracted or influenced by stuff. Right? Exactly. It's very, it's very internalized 
process that goes on. Now, the first night, we did two sessions the first night. Yo, you went back to back on that shit? I know. Oh, my God. (laughs) I never had anything happen the first night. The first night, Um. I felt like nothing happened. And I was just sitting there. I said, can I have more ayahuasca, please? Because this isn't working. And um, I have more ayahuasca, please. What a great line. And apparently, apparently that's not not normal, but I mean, it's not unheard of. Like the people, the first time they do it, where just nothing significantly happens. Yeah. People say that shit when they smoke weed too, right? Like, Hey man, I'm, I'm not high. I didn't get high the first time I smoked weed kind of a thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I was pretty discouraged because I didn't sleep that night. And like, I was like, I don't know if I want to fucking go through that again. Like it wasn't like, um, we did this whole big cleansing ceremony the following day where like got this, these special plants from the jungle that had, you know, I have no idea, but they told me that they're clean, dark, negative energies and spirits away and blah, blah, blah. And second night I did two right off the bat, two shots. And I, I, I felt it. Hyperspeed. Uh, yeah, it, it felt like I don't know. I was a shot to the center of the galaxy. I don't know if that, but it, you try and you're working out like old wounds in your head, and, and you're 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 seeing yourself as a child, and you're you're telling them that it's okay. You're comforting your younger version of you, and. You're terrified and stir- it's just, uh, I can't, I, I think we're going to lose people here on the podcast. I mean, no, dude, hun- fuck no, dude. That's the shit that people get into, man. I'm telling like, um, Kyleen who, um, she called herself, fuck, what is she? She made fun of her. She was like, people call me a woo woo, like an astrologer, like a wacky ass, like, oh, you're a fucking out there spacey bitch. Right. And she was like, but, but then she started explaining like the twin flame and these soul groups to me. And it, I thought she even broke something down. Now she didn't get into the whole tripping thing, but like, or the psychedelics, I should say. But I want to say she had mentioned some shit about like the time traveling and being at the same place, though you're in different times, but they're are all connected and you go to this like hip, that was it, the hypnotherapist. And she's like fucking helping to unlock so you can tell your younger self that's causing this harm in you, this negative energy. I even think she said the low vibe thing. Like you can tell that part of you that is still going on, even though it you feel it's your past, that it's okay. And then that ripples and releases and allows you to be so much calmer in the now. So no, mm-hmm. dude, dude, fucking tell you, man. Like it's... It, Fuck them. If they don't want to listen to shit, they don't need to. But I'm like fucking, I'm, <laughs> dude, I'm right there with you in the center of the galaxy and you're fucking seeing yourself. And that's what your subconscious is, right? You're reacting to all these fucking experiences that you can remember and can't remember. And you don't even know why you act hostile or why you are angry. And maybe is that where like your dad passing away at the young age? Did it take you to that? Yeah. And it took me around these other entities that I, if they really didn't feel like they were my consciousness, like it, 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 it didn't feel like it was part of me. It was weird. It really felt like it was, uh, like, I don't know, an alien. That's the best word I got. I don't know. Right. And, 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 and so I get to asking questions and, I'm kind of like, so what's the deal? Like what's going on here on the planet? Like, 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 is everything 
cool and good and and this entity, whether it was God or whatnot, I don't know, they just kind of looked at me and smiled and nodded. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Right. Uh, and then and I'm like, do, do you know what's going on? Like, do you have a plan? Is there a plan in place for, for whatever the hell is going on in, in the world? Why are we here? What's the point? And uh, it wasn't in language, but like the, the answer I got from this being was, uh, we're all just winging it. All of us. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right and i'm like i'm like even god like the one who's like in charge or whatever like yeah. and then he's and like dude it's just too fucking much man it's just said, too fucking much to be in control of i'm sorry <laughs> exactly and said especially god is just winging it oh shit <laughs> and that that brought so much fear but at the same time it brought so much kind of like freedom at the same time right where it's just like i kind of like I'm like maybe this life is just fucking vr like maybe right now i'm in a very super duper version of vr and then when i come out i'm gonna be like oh my god i can't believe i fell for the trap again and i fucking was so afraid and fearful and ignorant and idiotic in that stupid go in this life right Ugh. and the next time i put the goggles on I'm going to remember that it's all just a fucking game and we're all winging it, having fun. But we, Wouldn't that we all get happen? stuck in this rat race. No fucking, yeah, right? Jesus, dude, that's amazing. So how come you didn't just turn into a shaman? How come you're not fucking living there, man? <laughs> Visa issues? Like what What kept you from just like now being like, man, fuck yoga. I'm going to be a shaman and just trip with people all day. <laughs> yeah, because it's, 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 it's kind of like I got the message that I'm, as cliche as it sounds, that I'm meant to open up other people's minds by by just living the life that I live and how I live by oh. not telling people what they should do, but just by living how I live, um, kind of unapologetically with all the flaws I have trying to espouse a higher level of, of, of living and contentment. And, and I learned that by doing that, all I got to do is practice the way I live my life through the tenets of yoga or just my own personal ethics. And by doing that, other people will look at it and go, ah, I'm going to copy that. I kind of like it. And then that just kind of sends the ripples throughout the whole, right? whole world. Because, dude, it's so hard to do shit without an example, right? Like the human nature of like, man, I'm, no one's out there. Should I go out there? I felt that way at the ocean, dude. Like I, once I start to get to a point where like I'm the furthest motherfucker out, I'm like, Shh, what do they know that I don't know? Should I be all the way out here? <laughs> But like, if you see somebody and they're fucking out there, like whatever, 50 yards to a buoy and you're like, oh, okay, so you can make it back. Cool. Let me hop on out there. Oh, that's how it's done. Cool. Now let me do it. Yeah. Um, we all need, once we see someone do it, we all know it's possible. Like the four minute mile, no one ever thought that it would ever, ever be broken. God, and that's boom, so fucking I think, so it's like, I mean, our minds are the thing that holds us back from primarily everything. Can be. Unless you're on the ayahuasca and Jesus Christ, I can't, I can't believe I actually got to go a little bit there with you. That was fucking fun. God. It was, uh, it was wild. And so to jump back, then 
Um, no, I just want to stay here for a moment. Let me just stay here for a moment. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so Peru, like, I mean, that was just the seventh, sixth or seventh day in Peru, but we were there for three weeks and we were on the go every couple of days to a new destination. And, and to be honest, ayahuasca experience it, was not nearly as powerful as the whole experience combined of of just meeting people and seeing the cultures and um, being up in the mountains so high up where it's like you're getting altitude sickness. And then, you know, the next day swimming in the fucking ocean at zero feet above sea level. And it was just, it was surreal. And to top it all off, our last night there, we went to this uh, restaurant called, Central. It's one of the most famous restaurants in the world. It has like a four month long waiting list. And uh, we didn't have any reservations. We just, <laughs> on, our last, on our last night in Lima, we were like, let's just go and see if they have any cancellations. So we went in there and they sat us in the bar and said, hold on. And sure enough, they had a cancellation. They set us up. Now, granted, the dinner was really expensive, but it was. It was an experience you can never replicate. Like each meal, each course that came out was a work of art that was uh, specified to a certain region of Peru that had the ingredients at that altitude. Like it was, it was fucking art times 10 that I'm eating. That tastes amazing. Dude, it's amazing what a fucking well thought out meal can do to your self-esteem. <laughs> and your overall feeling of happiness. I mean, like, I'll, I don't, which again gets, I, I don't, I didn't think we were recording the pod when you were telling me about the, oh yeah, the 36 hour piss fast that I'm supposed to um <laughs> edit out. But that's why I'm like, dude, when you fast for 36 hours, I'm like, how the fuck can you give up food for 36? Like, it's just so delicious. <laughs> um, Dude, that's awesome. Like, I can't imagine the, um, but that's so true because it does it for wine as well, right? The different regions just add so much to the different grapes. Now you take that and you expand it and you make it to a whole fucking country and bring it to a plate. God, that does sound glorious. Oh, yeah. It's wild, man. He's a, uh, I can't remember the name of the chef, but he's got it. There's an episode of, the reason we found him is on Netflix. There's a show, I don't know what the show is called, Chef's Table, I think it's called Chef's Table. And they, they go around to certain chefs around the world and they did this one episode of this this restaurant I'm talking about. And I was just like, we have to see if we can get in there. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Sure enough, we did. Dude, that's fucking awesome. But so, so yeah, Peru is, Peru is probably the catalyst to my wanting to realize that there's so fucking much more out there than our simple heads and our preconceived notions and our friends at home. Yeah, doing the nine to five accounting thing, like you were saying, and just worrying about whatever the better job is, better office, better car. Do I have enough life insurance? Do I like as much my four hundred one k going to be okay? Like, oh my god, let me stress and research about this and worry about. And you're like, dude, why don't you just fucking go kick a ball with your kid, man? Enjoy life. Yeah, so that's why I transitioned out of having to work in an office where I would have to be like, hey, I want to go away for a month or two months. Is that cool? Because they'd be no. Yeah, right. Obviously. So that's when I I got a job back at, in the restaurant industry at this nice um, 
restaurant in my in my town that I live in called the Thirsty Cactus. Shout out! Uh, I'll hashtag um, them. <laughs> Thirsty Cactus. Uh, they're a great little little uh, Mexican Texas inspired uh, type of restaurant here in here in my little town, and great people to work for. Great uh, great group of clientele that come in and it's just very chill like and right. allows allows me to have the freedom to go hey i'm going to take on i'm taking off for a month to go do this or i'm taking off for two months to go do this or i might be gone for a year and can i come back maybe yeah dude restaurants like, are famous for that you know they're just because they're so used to the erratic schedule and people are you always got people who are wanting to get extra money or extra cash at the moment you know Exactly. So it, it opened up a new level of freedom that I'm now, I, I've been getting used to for a while, Then, but then structuring my freedom around this restaurant. And now that restaurant and all my, all my teaching and my, at the studios and whatever has all been taken away from me. I'm like, oh, now you really have all the freedom you ever right. wanted. Um, but, you, but it can't travel. They can't go anywhere. Yeah, no, yeah. It's limited lockdown freedom. Did, so you were working Thirsty Cactus and they allowed you to go to Costa Rica or you were still floating oh, yeah. around? Yeah. Oh, I, I, they allowed me to go to Peru. I came back and then six months later, I'm like, hey, I have this opportunity. <laughs> Do you guys mind if I go away for another month? Um, and they were like, yep, no problem. No, it wasn't like, yep, no problem. But right. I mean, at the end of the day, I... I must be doing something right there. Like I think I'm a valued employee. I'm good at. I'm, I think I'm good at my job. I well, think if you, I'm, if you don't steal, dude, you're fucking golden in a restaurant. Jesus, right? Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh, dude, I worked at restaurants, and I, I remember stealing in my younger days. Totally. Yeah, even yeah. fucking taking shift drinks is stealing. You know, like if, unless they're well, offering to you, but who doesn't fucking help themselves to a shift drink, right? Like it's you think of the loss that restaurant owners have to deal with and compensate for. And you're like, God love you, man. Cause in a fucking cash business like that with um, assets that are open all around with food and stay like motherfuckers just stealing like a fillet, just take it home just to fucking take it home. You fit a fillet in your pocket easy as hell, you know? Oh, I know it's gross. It's retarded. Um, so what happened when you got to uh, Costa Rica? How was that journey into becoming the, uh, the yogi? Well, I guess so I should say was, certified. That, if I'm yes, not to that, be insulting or whatever wild because so like i wanted to go to costa rica to get my yoga teacher training but then i knew that we're, we were going to have also a couple weeks after to just go and like play and, and adventure and tour around and, and travel and i was looking most forward to that i was kind of i was in the mindset of okay we'll go to costa rica take three weeks do yoga teacher training get that done with and then and then enjoy my vacation nice boy was i wrong oh <laughs> teacher training was it was a whole other fucking animal like it 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 was i thought i was going there to learn to tell people how to get into a certain position and how to breathe right but no what we ended up doing was coming back to that nyama of self-study it was an immense amount of self-studying and self-inquiry into ourselves and our behaviors and how how we want to be as a teacher what would make us a good teacher and and these days were were long it was we were up at 6 a.m and we finished at 10 p.m every day jeez dude that's a lot of self-actualization well we were doing a lot of yoga and posturing too (laughs) (laughs) but 
but I mean, a good, a good, a good huge chunk of it was that self-actualization and, and doing these types of things and, and the bond that you created with these people. Now, thank God there was two other gentlemen with me. Cause if I was with just all women, it would have been, it would have been tough. Well, I had tough two, and other, a lot two of, other guys. I was just going to say tough and a lot of child support going back to wherever they went to. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But like we we all grew like a huge bond and I mean that was the most important part of the Costa Rica trip for me, being there, creating that bond, learning so much about myself, getting an idea of what I'm like believe starting to believe in yourself. Um and then you know, we went off into Costa Rica and went into the volcanoes, into the mountains, zip lining and all that fun shit. Uh, but the, the, the yoga teacher training was not at all what I expected, not even close. I did not realize the level of self-inquiry. And, and are you like getting guidance and counseling through what you're discovering about yourself? Like when you had said uh, your dad passed away and you, you were um, the direction and plan and like shit, man, it can just all be taken from you. Feelings. You're, you're, so you're experiencing that. Do you have like the... The, I guess the certified yoga teachers or the yogis that are there to just talk you through how to process that. Yeah. Um, we have, it, I mean, all, all you need at the end of the day is a, a human being that's there to listen. Uh, and that's and a great way to put all, it. That's all we need. We don't need someone there to solve our fucking problems. So, like uh, we just need someone there who's just going to fucking listen and go, it's okay, dude. It's all good. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, we were we were all support for one another, and uh, I think everyone broke down and cried at least like six, seven times. Like I, I was like, I'm not gonna cry, I'm not gonna cry, and then sure enough, I fucking broke down one day. And- as soon as one motherfucker lays a hand on your back or gives you a hug, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? You're like, oh my god, I do feel <laughs> right. Yeah, like so. I've always wondered why, why were you not wanting to be a crier? Is that just a little bit of pride on your part? Or are you just trying to posture for the ladies? Oh, it was just posturing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. I, I never was a big crier. Even when my father passed away, I kind of was, I went into, uh, um, I didn't believe it. I was kind of denial. I went, I was, it was fucking Christmas day. Right. And so like, oh, I wake shut up, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. Jesus. I went an eight-year-old. I woke up. I woke up. I know, right? I woke up early because I, I just felt weird. And I went to the kitchen and my mom and, the, and this lady who was living with us at the time were in there talking. And I was like, what's up? Like, I don't have a strong memory. I don't know the verbatim, but essentially they were like, oh, um, daddy's daddy passed just a few hours ago. And I was like, that's bullshit. I was, I just saw him like two days ago. Like, I don't believe you. I, I just, I just didn't believe it. Right. Kind of, I went into this, even at the funeral, I was just, everyone kept coming up to me and wishing me condolences or whatnot. And I kind of remember just being in a haze going, well, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably see him in a couple of weeks. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like not, not realizing the, the gravity of it at all. And, and and to be honest, Sean, I don't think I've ever realized the gravity of it all because I still, to this day, I, I've 
not gone back to the uh, where his ashes are. I've not I've not gone back. I've not. I mean, I've I've tried to have a prayer or conversation with him or whatever. Like I, I I don't I don't know. I don't know if there's anything there. If anyone's listening, I, like, I, I have moments where I'm just. I feel like I'm 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 crying, going like I miss you, Dad. I wish I could show you this, or I could talk to you about that. Like I, I have those moments, but I don't know how to how to truly, truly, I don't know, let it go or grieve correctly. I have this funny thing that whenever I find dimes, like I noticed, like the money that. The nickel, sorry, the dime, the ten cents. When I find ten cent pieces laying around in random weird places, I kind of play a game with myself, saying that's my dad saying hi to me. Because why else would a dime be in this weird ass spot, right? <laughs> I guess it makes sense, but no, dude, it, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I guess I'm. My giggles are more like, like that's like like not not cute because you're a man but no, it's, no, it's cute forget, dude no. do you know what i'm saying like like it's one of those things where that's a special fucking and i i shouldn't laugh i'm a dick i'm not laughing at you or mocking you in any way man i didn't mean to oh, be I, that i never took it that way man. um no yeah it's just like that's real fucking special and i'm almost picturing like this younger kid with this mentality of thinking like looking for that sign because or looking for that connection because that's what you're fucking not physically getting here Right. When your dad's just taken from you. And it's like their dads are mythological, mythological when you're that young, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm, I didn't, I didn't mean to um be rude in any sort of oh, way, but oh, like, fuck yeah, dude, the dime thing, like you could totally, I, I guarantee there's a bunch of people whose parents have passed away where they fucking feel a breeze or a certain bird chirp or something. There's this clue that they connect with their passed away parent. Yeah. And yeah, and there's there a lot of times when I find these times, I, I I'm kind of like I, I'll just be like, "Hi, Dad." Uh, I just know that I know that you put that there. I just know. And then there's other times I find it, and I'm like, "Well, someone just dropped a dime here because oh. this is a normal spot where someone would drop a fucking dime." You right? <laughs> but then I'll be out in the fucking middle of the woods. Yeah. In the fucking middle of nowhere. Why the fuck is there a dime beside this tree? Is there a significant connection to the dime versus like a penny or a quarter or something like that? Uh, I just, I, not that I'm aware of. I, I mean, the, the the logical part in my brain goes, well, there's no more pennies anymore and dimes are the next smallest thing. Uh, so that's okay. why they show up. <laughs> <laughs> part of my brain goes well it's a sign from the cosmos and these are manifesting when your dad is saying hello to you gotcha which one is right i don't fucking know and i'll never they're both right right isn't that the point they're both right (laughs) yeah Um, they're both right how come you haven't gone to see the ashes what's holding you back from that oh i don't know man I don't, I don't, I don't know what, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's a fear, I don't think it's a fear, I I don't know if it's lazy, I don't think it's laziness, because it's not that far, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know, man, 
I guess the best answer is, is I just don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure deep down subconsciously there's a fucking reason. <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't, I just can't seem to pull it to the service and, and I should just go. Right. Like my girlfriend said, like, I'll drive you. We can go. Like you can drive yourself or whatever. Right. I don't know. It's a question. I, I guess. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm just, um, Interesting. No, I'm just I'm curious to any insight why you might think I might not. I don't want to get all counselor with you. Um, <laughs> but I, like you almost wonder if like there's something in your spirit where, like, dude, fucking Christmas Day, father passes away. Like, you're you've got to have fought that with like every ounce of being you are as an eight year old, especially like that father son relationship. Like that's that that's some you know that's some sacred shit right there, man. So like. If you go, is it a final acceptance of he's not here? And then maybe you don't feel like you can speak to him or find his spirit in some way, right? Where like, or does it unlock it? And you're like, wow, so he's no longer physically here. So he is spiritually there. Let me, let me accept that process that and now connect with him in other ways. You know, I'm, I'm just, I don't know enough about it to have like a true theory. No, I hear you. I, I can I can see both sides of that. Um, I think it's something that I just have to do. And I, and to be honest, I don't sense any fear surrounding it. I just yeah. I guess that would be my question. Do, I, I think, do you worry? I think here's the actually here's the fear. The fear is I'm afraid that I'll go there and I'll come out of it and I'll feel just the exact same. Oh. <laughs> would there be something you know? wrong with that though? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think there will be a problem with that either, to be honest. Right. If I answer that question, I don't, I don't think you're right. Yeah. So, hey, man, if we do a, ever do a follow up down years down the road, right? I'll be able to answer that question because I better have got my fucking ass there by there. <laughs> what did he, um, what did he die from? Uh, he had tongue cancer. Cancer of the tongue. He was a, he was a heavy drinker. He had some problems with his livers as well. Oh man! And my parents—they got divorced when I was uh, two years prior to that too. So I had a bunch of trauma during that. That was—I I remember more trauma from the divorce than actual the death, to be honest. Right. Yeah, man, that divorce. Um, yeah, that's 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 super tough on a kid, and it's funny because speaking to a lot of people. Um, in life and then also on this pod, even from different like regions and cultures, um, you're, you're surprised on how the, um, their perceptions or theories on divorces, like even like a joint custody kind of a thing. I was talking to actually a Canadian artist when his mom and dad got divorced and he was like, fuck if I'm going to be a passed around kid where like one week here, one week off. Um, but then I spoke to another guy, Sean, who was like, man, the fucking, uh, the relationship was just toxic. So I wanted to at least, I didn't want my daughter thinking one home is toxic. I'd rather give her two homes that are happy and show her that that can be the normal kind of a thing, you know, and who knows if there's a right fucking way to do it, but it's pretty amazing. Just when you talk to people and ask them and find out about them, the impact that um, parents splitting up has had on their perceptions of life or on their experience of life, you know, like that, that's, it's jarring to them. Absolutely. I mean, I think the most formative years 
are from like one to seven or one to nine or whatever that range is. Oh, dude, you're so fucking vulnerable. You know, you're, you're just, you're just ho- hoping to not be eaten by a bear. And like your parents are yeah. the ones who are keeping that from happening. So that bond is so fucking intense. So f- the dependability, um, of man, they're just going to fucking feed me and keep me safe, man. And I can act like a little brat and maybe I get spanked or slapped or whatever, but they're, they're fucking there for me, you know, for the most, for most people, for most people. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. but yeah, dude, I mean, that's, that, that is fucking, that is, that, that's, um, super formative. So yeah, to have that, it almost makes me wonder too, like, is that part of, um, you don't know it at the time, but like those bender issues and then trying to just find some spirituality and some fucking centeredness and empowerment, not so much control, like that, that's a good thing instead of going down the road of, let me keep having these feelings that are fucking controlling me and that I want to keep avoiding. So I do these negative things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's a heck of a lot harder than just ignoring and drinking. I'll tell you, but it's so much more rewarding. Yeah. Oh dude. I, the, the life that you get to live in processing it and um trying to understand it versus trying to numb to it is, uh, is huge. It's, you know, what, what should be done is actively just trying to work through it and figure it out versus again, getting numb to it by just fucking being on bottles or drugs. Yeah. People who meet me now or or know me now, they're, they just think that I've just been some Zen centered beacon of hope, enlightened being my whole life. And I'm like, no, I'm even fucking close. Right. right. (laughs) Oh man. All right. Well, Jesus, two two fifteen. I I feel like I say that every pod too. I look at the time and I'm like, holy shit, dude, that's two hours. Fuck me. Um, let yeah, me. Uh, I was listening to a couple of them and I like I like it. Yeah, well, I right. You never really know. They seem to kind of go about two, and then sometimes just with life because I am still working um, from home, so you can't like do you know a day's worth of work and then talk with someone for three four hours and um, I don't know neglect your kid. But let me end, <laughs> let, let me get to know you and not my kid, right? Um, so <laughs> let me ask you this. So I'm trying to end the podcast with this segment. Okay. Um, so let me get your best first for last. We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. I don't know what that means. I know no one does. And I totally need to rethink it or I totally need to like, send people a message. Um, it can be anything. And you've given me a bunch of first fucking experiences already. Like the first time you had some magic mushrooms, you know, first time going to Peru, but what's an awesome first experience you've had that is a pretty decent story or something that's worth sharing. Okay. Um, Right. So I basically still like, you know, you, how you save the best for last. So I'm heavy into yeah. alliteration for whatever reason. So like I said, the best first, like the first time you for last. That's kind of the shtick to it. Whoa. Fuck, eh? I know. Um, so you're in the camp of I should give people a heads up that this is coming, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I was I was giving you some of my <laughs> dude, yeah, exactly. No, dude, I don't think that's that's the whole Okay, thing. how about we go with this time in Iceland when I was climbing a mountain and I almost died? Shut the fuck. Iceland as well? 
Jesus, man. <laughs> Jesus. I'll have to ask you about I'm making myself sound so adventurous to all no of you. You didn't you didn't fucking yeah, you got off that couch in fucking video games quick. You started getting into I some like, serious shit. This video game shit. I'm gonna go live life. No doubt. So, yeah, we went to Iceland, which I highly recommend. It is is such an amazingly It's everything you country. hear, huh? Oh yeah, like yeah, it's fucking dark and cold depending on when you go. Yeah, but there's like yeah, so that's what I've heard. You go in the summer and you fucking rent a car and you just drive around like the one highway that loops around the outskirts and you just hit up a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah, we rented a van that we could sleep in. Like it wasn't it wasn't fancy by any means. It just had like we had a a, the back of the van had a mattress and underneath that we had our our stove or you know, camping. We were essentially camping out of the back of the van. Right. And so unbelievably awesome. So yeah, we just got on the highway and started just going around at our own pace, stopping whenever we wanted, checking out whatever we wanted. I'm a, I'm a big climber. I like to just climb mountains and hills and all that shit. And I'm not trained in any way whatsoever. Just uh, the only thing I'm trained in is being exceptionally ignorant to the skills that are needed to be successful. <laughs> like, what's I'm, what's I'm your greatest to... strength as a climber? Sheer stupidity. My, my greatest strength <laughs> as a climber is my sheer will of holding on. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so no, that's already I, setting up to it's, be great. It's kind of something like, I mean, I've, I've gone to climbing gyms. I've I've done it here and there. I've never put time into the sport i would say so i'm not a serious climber i just like to i see a mountain or a hill i like to climb it i like to get to the top of it and are you doing like the the um putting stakes into the the rock and like you got the belt on the crampons and all that shit or no. you just <laughs> no i'm just i'm i'm free i'm free soloing i'm like i'm not going into areas like that where where it's it's quite challenging for me to pull myself up, and if I do slip, I, I fall. I'm I'll be dead, right? So I try yeah. and put myself too often into those situations. Like it'll be challenging, but as long as I'm aware and present, I'll be fine. Gotcha. So in uh, Iceland, we're going you know around. We come up to these this really cool gorge, like hill mount. It's a mountain essentially. And I'm like, I said to Karen, I'm like, I'm going to climb this. I'm like, I think I can climb this. No, like, it'll be physically a little bit challenging and a little dangerous in a few parts. But for the most part, it's going to be just fine. And she's like, okay, just, uh, I'll be down here. and <laughs> Ready to catch uh, you. <laughs> it's just kind of like, I, I hope, I, I hope you come back. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, so I go off and I, I'm climbing up and. I'm going away. I've never been on, obviously. I'm in this fucking hill on Iceland and I'm climbing up and there's it's getting steeper. It's getting steeper. And uh, the the rocks I'm holding on to start just uh, giving out. Like they're, I, I call it scree. So they're not really like, they're not really giving me much of a, a placement of where I want to put my feet and my hands when I'm going up. Gotcha. And I'm getting higher. I'm getting higher and higher up. And then, and I'm like, oh God, okay, this isn't getting good. And so I, I start, I look down and I'm like, I can't. Isn't that the number one it, rule? Like, isn't that the number one rule? Don't look down. 
Yeah, but I looked down because I, I was really considering having to turn back to go down because oh, the higher up I was getting, the the more of a challenge it was just to, to stay on there, to, to from not falling. And right. I know if I were to fall at any point, I was going to be really like badly maimed or killed. Like it was, I was up at the point where I was, in, I was, I was in trouble. And so I was like, okay, I, I, I can I make it back down? I don't think so. Okay. What am I going to do? And I started to panic. Oh. I started to really panic because I was like in trouble. I'm in Iceland. I, I don't know who the fuck to, no one is anywhere near me. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't make, I can't go down the way I came up and I can't go back up. I can't go up anymore. So I'm going to, I'm going to die. Like, so I'm just holding on here. I'm catching my breath. I'm like, okay. So I started going to my yoga, my breathing techniques. Okay. Fine. Then this seagull comes, I don't know. It wasn't a seagull, but it was a, a Iceland gull <laughs> <laughs> comes flying near me and kind of just, he's like just floating and then hovering over me. And I kind of, I kind of get the message from him. He's kind of like everything, every little thing's going to be all right. Like Bob Marley or something. Right. Thank God. And so I just start, I just start moving sideways, like, uh, um, horizontally along the whole face of the mountain because like, I can't go down. I can't go up. And if I just go horizontally, maybe I'll get to a place where I can make it down. And I went about half a kilometer or so, to the side and, and made it to this area where I was able to slide down a bit. And, and, and I guess it wasn't very riveting at the end, the climax. So I didn't die, obviously. Fuck that. But, it's a slide. So like the foothold, uh, yeah. like when you're going laterally, are, are we like cliff's edge? Do you like, is your whole foot on stuff? Or are you hitting like rock by rock? Yeah. I'm using my feet on raw, on, on rock and dirt a little bit that every, every little bit that would hold. And my arm, mostly I'm, I'm, I'm putting most of the bet of, of my hands being able to hold me up. I'm not trusting that footing very well. Gotcha. And I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to grab a good enough grip where I, I have enough upper body strength just to kind of hold myself. Jesus. It was. Did you have any and, idea how high you were? Did you go back and look uh, and you fucking Googled it or you scaled it out and you were like. I wasn't terribly high. I don't know. I was. I mean, I, I have it all on GoPro. I made quite the quite the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I was fucking high. If I had fallen, I would have been done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I felt trippy as hell on a fucking twenty foot ladder, man. You know. I was like, do I call Iceland nine one one, and am I going to be that guy getting helicoptered off the side of a fucking mountain? <laughs> Tourist doesn't know shit and is an idiot. Needs to get helicoptered off the island. No Oh man! But is saved by a magical my... Bob Marley seagull. <laughs> <laughs> but when I came down, uh, uh, at the at our van, there was a tow truck there, and Carrie, my girlfriend, was like, uh, "The battery died." So she had let the let the battery die in the car. Right. So he needed to call someone to boost it. <laughs> Motherfucker, it charged $500 Holy to give shit. us a boost. Holy, how far did he come? Good God. <laughs> I don't know, but he had us by the balls, right? Yeah, right. That's, man, 500 $500 just to give us a boost. 
but it got us going and Yes. I'll never forget that day because my my adrenaline, my fear was, and when I got down that mountain, I was kissing the ground, and I was so excited. And, no doubt. And then the five hundred dollars just takes you back to square zero of anger, and you feel like a conqueror, right? and you're like, "This motherfucker!" <laughs> I was like, "And this motherfucker, come on, dude! I just survived. She, I just defied like, death." I thought you were dead, and she's like, "I thought maybe you were dead, and I had to." I know what is happening. I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> God, that's that, dude. That's good. You know what? Your story has reaffirmed my belief on just popping the best first for last on people. Because I was dope. I'm down with it. <laughs> right? And then, I guess maybe eventually yeah, someone will listen to a whole podcast and figure out, like, oh, okay, shit. If I'm coming on, I gotta have a best first for last. But until then, fuck you. You're gonna keep getting surprised. <laughs> totally yeah it's the way to go man yeah i've heard I had some good ones um where i've been like man that's i don't know it's just it's interesting when you let people's minds it kind of forces something to just pop up first and typically what pops up first is what is important to you right so that's why i kind of like to spread it spring it on people is to be like oh shit you know that that means something you know mm-hmm. absolutely man well, dude, Spencer, that was awesome, man. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to hook up. I'm so glad you trusted me enough to um, come on the pod and realize that I'm not fishing you or looking to get over on people for any weird way. I know it's always weird when someone just messages you like, hey, I saw your profile. I have a podcast. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm curious. What, uh, what, do you remember the comment I said on uh, the post? You know, no, fucking A, it's you, it's you Toronto people. So the one I'm posting tomorrow, Sean, the artist from Toronto, asked me the same thing. And I was like, dude, I've sent out maybe like 200 messages at this point. <laughs> I'm firing these fuckers off quick. I fire them off to the point where Instagram, I think if you hit 36 messages within a time frame, they just call you a bot and they shut your account down for 24 yeah, hours. Yeah. Um, so I do not. I can't even remember if it was in Joe Rogan's or what. But um, I think it was naval. Okay, yeah, yeah, naval. Um, yeah, yeah. So what I honestly try to do is just go to people who listen to podcasts that are more long formed. I know naval is short, but he gets on. He can go on these rants, and uh, I figure if they do that and they're into thinking, they're into listening, then they're into sharing as well. You know. So I look to see like, do you have a decent picture, and did you make a comment versus just fucking like something or put like clappy hands up? You know. Yeah, true. Uh, Because then I figure you got something to say. Absolutely. But yeah, maybe I should start being decent and like writing that shit down. Um, this way I can actually not sound so shallow to be like, no, you weren't special. You were just desperate to come on. I just needed someone and you said yes. <laughs> exactly. Appreciate you looking at me at one thirty in the morning at the bar. Sure. I'll go home with you. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's funny cause Sean literally, um, one, again, one on post tomorrow, he's again, Canadian artist from Toronto and, uh, he asked me the same thing right at the end. He was like, hey, man, I'm really curious. What did I say that made you think it'd be cool to talk to me? And I'm like, fuck, man, I can't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, dude, it was awesome. It was great um, getting to know you, man. And the fucking yoga breakdown, um, like I really – I was there at the, um, the third limb of it's just fucking stretches and movements. No idea yeah, yeah. that deep. And that, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a whole way of just enhancing your fucking life at the end of the day. Right. And we can all be all preachy and holier than now, which is bullshit. We're all flawed. And I, I like to look at, look at people the same way that 
that Ram Dass put it, he said that if you look at everyone like they're just a, a tree, we don't ever judge a tree for being too short or too fat or too too old or too short or or whatever. We just look at the tree and we kind of go, well, yeah, it maybe didn't get enough light or it didn't get enough water. We don't ever judge it or ridicule it. We love it just for being what it is. Right. And if we can just start looking at people all like that, I think I think we'll get we'll get somewhere a little bit better. Oh fuck it. You're less judgy and more understanding. Empathy, right? Like just fucking empathy. Yeah. Empathy and I mean it would be impossible to get rid of our judgments, but but to try and come at it with like, yeah, empathy and perspective. Yeah, dude, hundred percent. Hey, that's some profound shit to end with. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it too. It's a pleasure, Sean, man. Yeah, dude, uh, Spencer, thank you so much for uh, letting us get to know you, man. Um, I really appreciate your time. For a picture, you can just grab a picture off my Instagram, whatever works if you want. No, I never do that. So you got to send me the one you oh. want because um, I don't. Okay. I try like I try not to edit except for the P part or whatever if people ask. But I don't want to um, edit pods and then uh, at some point lose trust of people to say I'm presenting them in a particular way. Does that make sense? So yeah, man. Um, yeah. Send me the picture whenever, probably be a couple days. Um, maybe probably eight days for it to post and, um, we'll keep in touch, dude. I'll keep following you on Instagram and all that, man. Keep jogging with your shirt off. You burly man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Have a good one. Cheers, man. Take care. Yep. Bye. I'd like to thank Spencer for being so open and honest about his journey, giving me the yoga breakdown, he's giving us the yoga breakdown that we never knew we needed, and for taking all of us on his ayahuascan trip. Now, I don't know about you, but that's probably as close as I'm ever going to come to actually going on one. Appreciate that, man. Thanks to Hair Products for giving us that radio-ready look any time of the day. Again, if you've made it this far, you are hella loyal. Friend, follow, subscribe, support the pod in our quest to get a legit sponsor. And for us to do that and get a legit sponsor, we need your numerical support. It really is appreciated. Ciao.